The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately if you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture then stick around this is the armed citizen podcast what is going on my ghost squad welcome to the armed citizen podcast live this is episode number 258 today's date is tuesday September 13th, 2022. We are live as always over on YouTube and on Facebook. If you're out there in the live chat, go ahead and say something. We don't know that you're out here unless you do. If you are new to the channel, new to the show, I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and apologize ahead of time. I, I, I cannot I cannot explain how sorry I am uh, about what you're getting ready to witness for the next hour to hour and a half or however long this thing goes. But we're glad you're here. And if you're out there and you are new, go ahead and say that you're new and we will uh, make fun of you just a little bit, but we will also welcome you to the dark side. If you want to call or text into the show, yes, you can call or text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That number is 530-364-4678. If you are a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness and you're looking for the light, questioning if there's still light out there. Call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I could be a pretty damn good ear and, and maybe talk you through some stuff. If you are looking for someone that can get you some immediate help and get you towards some medical attention, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So I please, I implore you, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, one 800 273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans Press 1. We want to spotlight, as always, the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on how to earn the title of the United States Marines, see the website marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all your favorite pro-gun, pro-2A podcasts over at selfdefenseradio.net. Let me get this off of my ugly mug and welcome welcome in here uh william carter says new here god bless you my man uh i am really glad that you're here but man i hope you do not judge what we do on this channel just by what's going to happen tonight it could be a complete shit show uh it, it might be great I, I i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna i, I kind of lean lean towards could be a shit show but we're going to talk about some fun topics tonight and have a good time Welcome to the dark side, William. Um, let's see. You got snobs out there first. I think he was out here about two and a half hours ago. He's really, really wanting to be the first one in there. So welcome. Screaming Skull Saloon's out there. Buck's out there to Tactical FUD. Clover's working uh, double duty tonight. And uh, let's see here. Rogue's out there working double duty tonight. Cherry City Guns and Ammo. Yes, sir. Tuesdays are hard for me. Um well, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Tuesdays are the day before hump day. So it is what it is, you know. Uh, Aegis Rod's out there. I, I really wish it was Shelly, but Rod's out there. He says, hey, that's me. Um, be a lot nicer if you had Shelly, but just saying. It is what it is. She's our favorite. Everyone knows that. Uh, let's see here. 
all right, we kind of caught up so far. We got some people out there watching and uh, probably get some more coming in as the notifications come in. But before we get into the uh, the topic of the night, let's welcome our esteemed, esteemed panel. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just trying to be nice to these guys, but I'm going to call it an esteemed panel. All the way from the big sky of Montana, Mr. Yellowstone himself, the Rogue Banshee. What's up, homie? Not much. It's not a lot of big sky right now with all the smoke blowing in from the fires, but uh well, no, that's uh, true. Well, the sky's some, there, you just can't see it. Yeah, somewhere about a thousand feet, you know, above above uh the the uh the ground here. I'm sure there's some sky up there. Yeah. And it's probably pretty big. You just can't see it right uh, now. It is. It, you know, on clear days it's a big sky. Yeah. So can y'all like see ash and all that, or is it just like gray? It's gray. The wind picked up, and we actually had to close up the house because smoke's blowing into the house right now. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, we got some great weather. What, what the nice thing is is the smoke is blocking out some sun, so we're actually getting some great temperatures right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it, it, it's fire season out here in the west, and this is just this is just what happens. That's what it is. You kind of got we have tornado season down here. You've got fire season up there, so it's kind of what it is, you know. Yeah, I, I'd rather the fire season than the, uh, the 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 swirling clouds of death that you guys get. So you're saying you wouldn't want to be in hurricane season either, though, right? I've been in hurricane season. Like really big clouds of death. Yeah, there's there's a yeah. I've lived through a few hurricanes on the East Coast when when I lived there, and yeah, I wasn't too happy with those either. <laughs> I understand that. Well, welcome back. I know you've been busy and all that, but it's good to have you. Good and riding, yeah, right. I know, right. And riding shotgun as always from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus. I mean, um, Leprechaun himself. What's up, Clover? Hey yo, hey yo. What's up? Not a whole lot. Hmm. Yeah, not a awesome. whole lot. That's all I can say. Okay. Man, right, you know, you know how the day's been. So I understand. I understand. I don't know, um, so. You know, I haven't talked to you in like a couple hours, so it, you know things could have changed. Right. You never knew, right? So, but, uh, um, yeah, it was riding shotgun. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, I don't, I don't mind, but yeah, we had a had a puppy pass away today, and so my, my kids, my kids are all grown, so you know, yeah. took it as well as anybody can take it. But oh my god, like an hour ago, like. The, the grandbabies was like, where's Yoko? And like, oh, oh God. And so that yeah. was rough. <laughs> and they know, don't, the and they're not old they, enough, quite old enough to understand well, what's going on. I guess. Yeah. It's what like kindergarten and third grade or something. So, I mean, like or yeah. second grade. And so, I mean, they, they understand the concept of, you know, gone to heaven type stuff, but you know, they don't understand the that she was yeah. 16 freaking years old. You know, it's just right. to them. Like and for a was, dog, that's forever yeah. old. It's like she was here yesterday and now she's gone. And it's like, what yeah. happened? And yeah, so. Ugh. But I was doing yeah. good until then. Quite honestly, that was pretty rough. Sure. But uh, but it'll be, it'll be okay. I understand. Well, since you are riding shotgun with this, do you have a shotgun of the week? Um. Yeah, actually, you know, I, it, I've got to where I've got to try to come up with stuff for this. I know, week. right? Uh, and so I've come up with one. Pay, that, pay the big bucks, you know. Yeah, 
Well, I've come up with one interesting that uh, I, I wager a vast majority of people probably have never heard of. Uh, I had one last week, I think. That was well, that means that I definitely don't know what it is. Yeah, um, and they're and they're banned in the U.S. So I mean, there's you know, it's not mm. like anybody here other than maybe a museum or something may have one. I don't know. Uh, is the Russian KS twenty three? Now, this is a pump shotgun, basically designed around a twenty three millimeter aircraft gun barrel what that did not pass that did not pass muster to go on the aircraft so they chopped them down and made shotguns out of them so fires a 23 by 75 millimeter shell and wow. uh if you want the equivalency in the gauge that's about a six gauge <laughs> Holy uh, Pump action with a uh, uh i think it's a three yeah, it depends on barrel length maybe but i think it's a three point a three plus one, I think, capacity on those. So. Well, I, I just did a Google search of KS-23 shotgun, and most of them are little sawed-off looking riot guns is what it looks like right. here. Yeah. Um, is that what they are, or are they, they long barrel? Yeah, it's, it's more of a close quarters, close combat yeah. riot. Man, uh, that's a pretty best. cool shotgun. Yeah, it looks pretty, it looks pretty salty. Uh, you know, it, best i know from you know just what i know which is not a whole lot other than you know just the specs and whatnot on them um you know i think more like police and stuff use them more than anything yeah. more law enforcement over there yeah so it, it, it's it's it looks like a sawed off like mossberg 500 tactical with the pistol grip and all that's what it looks like can you imagine that little freaker with a six gauge that's gonna that's gonna feel really good right, really good. right. um i'd be like you yeah, know i don't want to be the breacher today I, i'm good somebody else needs a breach today we can use that thing i'm good okay yeah. yeah yeah um all right well before we jump into the we were supposed to and maybe and maybe he might show up i don't know uh, our good buddy ron with Riker uh was supposed to join in. i got a text from a little while ago and I do want to send out well wishes his son. Um, nothing major at all. So, but his, his son was and uh, had had a little accident. Had to get him to the hospital to get looked at. Nothing life threatening or anything like that. But um, he wasn't sure if, if he was going to be able to make it back. And he might jump in when he gets back. I don't know. But uh, I want to. I hope it's not the namesake of Riker USA because it was named after his son Riker. I think that's who uh, might have gotten hurt a little bit like i said nothing life-threatening but we do want to send our best wishes out to little Riker and um, hope everything is okay um as you guys know on thursday saturday and monday at 10 a.m over on our youtube community tab we put out our ghost tactical polls and we put out four of them this weekend um we put one on out on friday saturday sunday and monday this week and um, we a little bit MIA a little bit the last couple of weeks have been busy and all that, but uh, we put four of them out. So let's go check out the polls. The first one was Friday, and it's got a little over 900 votes. It says, "What do you prefer, college football, NFL football, or boo sports ball?" Uh, I'm going to start with Clover and. Uh, being from Texas, I think I know where you would have guessed it, or answered had it been a choice. But since high school football was not a choice, uh, of those, are you a boo sports ball, an NFL, or a college guy? 
you know, I'm not, you know, probably NFL. Um, I'm not a boo sports ball. Um, you know, I do pay a little bit of attention still. Uh, right. I once paid a whole lot of attention. Um, right. and, and still pay a little bit of attention still, but it, it's usually, I mean, you hear more, I think you hear more about the NFL than anything. Um, so yeah, probably NFL. Uh, Rogue, what about you? NFL, college, or boo sports ball? None. I don't. I don't follow sports anymore. Uh, when I was a kid, and uh, the NFL went on strike, and you know my family was eating like a kind of buy macaroni and cheese uh, five nights a week with hot dogs. Uh, I just kind kind of turned off when the NFL went on strike, and I just never really looked back. I mean. A little bit in high school because I played it in high school, but yeah, I just don't follow sports. I hear you. Nine hundred, little over nine hundred votes. Forty-eight <clears> percent <throat> say NFL, which is a little surprising actually. Thirty-five percent say college, and sixteen said boo sports ball. I gotta I wonder like what it would be. Gotta wonder what it'd be if you'd have had high school on there. There's a reason why I didn't put high school on there. Is I think that would have been the like vast majority. I think it probably would have been at least 60% of high school, you know? Yep. Um, I know it would be in Texas, and that's, you know, that's what it is. But, yeah, I, I like both, but I, I, if I had to choose one, I, I, I'd choose college if I had to. The next one was Saturday. We got 1.5 thousand votes. Does pineapple belong on pizza? And it's real simple, yes or no. Rogue, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I say no, but I'm not opposed to it. Um, I just don't. I don't like it on pizza. Okay, Clove. What about you? Yes or no on pineapple on pizza? No. Period. In a communication. I agree. I don't like pineapple. And second of all, pineapple on pizza. No. Pineapple's okay. In a few different ways. For example, with some brown sugar and a glaze on a ham, I'm okay with it. Uh, as far as mixed juice, you know, my grandmother used to make a, uh, a punch for like parties and, and things. And it, it did have pineapple juice in it, but it had other things as well. Uh, so, you know, mixed in with other things, used, used for cooking and stuff like that, I don't have a problem. But just sitting down and eating pineapple, uh, no, no. Uh, Eating it out of a can or something like that? No, I don't. The only thing I like is pineapple. Is the pineapple flavored gummy bears? Let's just be real. Now, snobs join us a little bit late. He said, "High school football for the win." It's before it becomes way too serious. I agree. That's why. That's why I didn't put high school on the list because it was. I, I know that that would have won by a landslide. Now, I am judging a little bit. Snob says pineapple is awesome on pizza. Now, understand, you also have to take in context, this is a guy that won't eat any kind of pizza unless it's Chicago pizza. I don't like Chicago pizza. I'm more of a New York-style pizza guy. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. He's saying that pineapple is awesome on Chicago pizza, basically, is what he's saying. But, he also uh, seems is. to think there's good Mexican food in Oklahoma. This is true. So take that, for, take that for what it's worth as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty low on the culinary totem pole there, the, the gun snob is. Just saying. Yeah. 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 Um 56% of the 1.5 thousand votes answered the answered it correctly and said no. 
44% of you guys are dead wrong that said, yes, pineapple belongs on pizza. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> he says, no, I do not eat pineapple on Chicago, you savage. <laughs> um, the next one started... Um, Ironically, I put it out Sunday morning because it was September 11th. And if you guys didn't, um, there, Gizzard Gary does the uh, early bird chat every Sunday morning over on the Gizzard Gary um, channel. Sorry, I was got a text message right there. And it was on Sunday, which is obviously September 11th. And kind of, I jumped in. Clover was in there. There were several people in there. Snob was in there. Uh, just kind of talking a little different things. And obviously with September 11th, we were telling our story of September, what we remember about September 11th. And, and then it kind of got shifted on to a really cool conversation about uh, nuclear and atomic weaponry, um, the government, all of this stuff. It was a really cool, really cool um, conversation. So if you're, if you've got a few hours and all that, go check out the early bird chat over at Gizzard Gary's chat from this past Sunday's on September 11th. So I think you guys will enjoy part of this conversation. Uh, it went on for about an hour that I was involved in. It was a good conversation. Um, for the most part, there was a little craziness, but uh, we'll let you figure that out for yourself. Um, so the question we had for the poll, 1.7 thousand votes. What do you remember most about 9-11? And the choices are the sadness, the disbelief, the anger, or the sense of American pride in the days, weeks, months following September 11th. Uh, Rogan, we'll start with you. Um, what do you remember most, like the feelings, what do you remember most about 9-11? It's funny. Um I think I remember the pride mostly. Uh, you know, I've got a chance to, I didn't get a chance to tour the Twin Towers afterwards, but I did get a chance to tour the Pentagon because um, mm -hmm. I had training just uh, just outside the Pentagon there. And that's where the actually the sadness comes through for me. But I remember the pride because uh, I was working, uh, I remember I was working here in Montana and hearing that a plane hit and, you know, admit, Immediate was like, okay, uh, Cessna or something like that. Uh, we had worked all night and then I got home just in time to see the second plane hit. And, um, mm. but I remember the pride. I mean, I, I don't like to think of the sadness, although that kind of comes a little bit with the pride. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna let Clover go through his, uh, before I touch on mine. Um, you know, what were, what do you remember feeling the strongest clove? Well, I could say I will never forget my feelings as far as the disbelief. Yeah. Um, I did, I did not wit, I did not, obviously I didn't personally witness any of it, but as far as, you know, on TV, right. I did not witness the first plane. I, I got to a TV. I've told the story before. I just dropped in and was visiting my grandmother. And when I walked through the door, like the, the first plane had hit literally, 30 seconds before, I mean, just enough time for it to start airing and them going, what the heck's mm -hmm. going on? And we right. sit down and everybody was wondering what was going on. The second plane, when the second plane hit, it was disbelief. It was like, whoa, yeah. what is like, 
what's going yeah. on here? I'll never forget. Like, that. Oh, this is real. This is yeah, happening. Yeah, I will never. And then the reports came in with the Pentagon, of course, and other things. And you're like, what in the world is going on? And um, yeah. so that initial, but, you know, kind of like Rogue said, I mean, you know, the pride thing started like the day after, right? Maybe yeah, even that 12, evening. Yeah. Once, once oh, we yeah, kind of yeah. had an idea, a rough idea of what happened. The disbelief goes away. You're like, oh, okay, we we got a general idea of what's going on here, uh, and mm. then that sort of subsided, and and that's when the pride kicked in, and, and the pride lasted a whole lot longer, thankfully, than the than the sadness or the disbelief. For sure, um, yeah. It, a lot of people know my story about nine eleven, um, but my wife and daughter were in the air. They were coming flying home from Japan. And I was supposed to pick them up in Dallas later that evening. And, um, you know, it's early in the morning and my phone rings. And I thought, well, maybe I, I thought they were supposed to fly all the way through, but maybe they landed in L.A. or something and having a layover. Like, there's no reason why someone's going to call that early. Um, but it's like, OK, well, the phone's ringing. So I answer it. and It's my father-in-law over in Japan. And he was talking fast and, you know, very broken English and all that. But I figured he was just checking on to see if the girls had, you know, if I'd heard from the girls or not, which I hadn't at the time. And all of a sudden, like he like takes a big, deep breath and he's like, New York's on fire. I'm like, what? He's like, New York's on fire. I'm like, I'm trying to think like, what the hell is he talking about? And he said, TV, New York's on fire. <laughs> So I turn the TV on and there it is, you know, and, and, and Clover, you had said, you know, you didn't, none of us actually witnessed the first plane, like, unless you were there because no one, no one was going to have a TV news camera on the trade center that morning, just for random luck. Um, so at this time, the first plane had struck the second had not, and I'm going, what the hell? And if you guys remember, the reports initially were they thought it was like a Cessna that someone had just like made a tragic mistake and flown into the building and crashed. And, and about, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, boom, you're just like, okay, this turned into something much, much different. And at this point, we all think we, everyone knew and the entire world knew at this point, shit's getting ready to go down. Um, what the hell's going on? Are we being attacked? And, and, that, and that second plane, we're like, okay. And then you hear the Pentagon. And so anyway, so at this point, they had closed down all airspace in, in America. My wife and daughter are flying in. They're somewhere either over the Pacific Ocean or over like Seattle, Portland area. Don't know. They're somewhere up in the air. Spend hours trying to get a hold of, of American Airlines with no luck i mean you couldn't even get it was busy just just constantly oh yeah imagine the number of people calling right imagine so i, I i'm sure they just shut down I, i'm sure they just shut down the network and there's no way um and so we have no idea and i don't know if you guys heard this but i had one of the the weirdest feelings in the world do you remember about an hour or so later, 
the news coming on, I don't, it might have just been the channel I was, I don't remember which channel I was watching. It was whatever the channel was on, uh, one of the three channels. But they said that there had been a reported attack at the Space Needle in Seattle. Did you guys ever hear that report as well? I don't remember that one, but I also had worked like a 23 hour day when this hit. Yeah. So I was just dead tired. Um, but no, I didn't, I don't remember the space needle. I don't either, so, I, but that just, I, yeah, I may not just, right. I may not remember it. Yeah. So I, I had heard that and at this time, my mom and dad are at the house. Obviously everyone's up like in the world, the, the world was awake at that point. Oh yeah. Um, didn't matter where you were, what time zone you were in, the world was awake at that point. I, I was dead tired and I was instantly awake for the rest of the yeah. day after working an entire day. So yeah, yeah. it's, I, everybody was up. Yeah. So when we heard that there had been a report of something happening in Seattle, like my initial thought was, holy shit. Like my wife and daughter, that's kind of the route they take, you know? And it's like, oh, so now I'm in complete freak out mode, like complete freak out mode. Still can't get anything. And so 12 hours later, like 7.30 that night, the phone rings. This is before cell phones. At least we didn't have cell phones. So um, we might have had a cell phone, but she was coming from Japan. She wouldn't have had it with her anyways because she was there for like a month. Right. Um, anyway, so the phone rings. I run over there and answer. Like, Hello. And she's like, hey. I'm like, and I don't say, hey, you know, glad. I'm like, Where the fuck have you been? And I'm, I'm, I'm always yelling at her. And she's like, what? you know, quit yelling at me. And I was like, where the fuck are you? You know? And, um, they had diverted her to, to Vancouver. And, uh, she was there for a few days. They get to Vancouver. They, they get bussed over to these hotels and there were no hotel rooms available uh, by the time they got there. So they set up like cots or different things in like, um, meeting rooms or ballrooms and I, I think i think risa eventually got into a room because she had a, a four-year-old child so they they let mothers of children and all that into rooms finally um but i was like how long have you been there and she goes i don't know all day i'm like do you know what's going on and she's like yeah i was like you didn't think about calling and she's like, I said, what have you been doing all day? She goes, we've been shopping and then all that. I'm like, what? what? And she goes, do you understand? Like every payphone had 150 people in the entire city of Vancouver trying to call people. I'm like, I get that. But yes, when you start punching people say, I got to, you know, but she's like, she spent the day in Vancouver just shopping. Like it was all cool with my four-year-old daughter and all this. I'm just like. I've been stressed. I like pulling my hair out for 12 hours trying to figure out where the hell you are. And you've been shopping in Vancouver. So um, a few days later, she gets in town and all that. But um, yeah, for, for me, the initial feeling was absolute disbelief. Like, is this happening? Like, is someone really stupid enough to do this? Um, and then... Yeah, I don't know if it was that night, but definitely the next day, and for like you know a month after. I mean, more than that, maybe. The that was well, and the how most could they? I've ever seen yeah. this country ever. Like what's like that? For me, for me, it was like how could they? Right. I mean, we've yeah. seen a lot of stuff where you know the the 
the cockpit is locked. I mean, how do you get to the, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like, how do you take over a, a it's like, really? You know, yeah. it's just, that was what, what boggled my mind. And I mean, it happens. Yeah, it, we've, we've seen many hijackings and stuff. Usually yep. that happens overseas. And so you're thinking, well, that's overseas, right? They have different, mm-hmm. you know, security and county countermeasures and other things. And they so do now. It's that, it's <laughs> that, yeah. it's that, yeah, it's that uh, false sense of security that we kind of got into with, with that thinking, Oh, you know, not talking about the tragedy and, and that wouldn't happen here. Right. An attack on the, right. on the homeland wouldn't happen here, but it was more like just the security breaches, right. With airlines. It's like, Oh, that, right. that, that can't but happen it, here. And but if you think it about it, all hijackings usually end up with, you know, hostages, negotiations and stuff like that all the way up until that time. You think about the people in, right. in the uh, plane, they're just like, okay, this is going to suck, but they're going to land. There's going to be a negotiation. We're going to be here for a couple of days and then it'll be over. Right. No, no one idea. thought they were going to, yeah, no yeah. one thought that would happen. Um, yeah, because I remember. Was the, that was one of the amazing things about Flight 93 or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They said, no, nope, yeah, not. Back. And then that yeah. when that come out, I'm like, why did the people on the other planes not do that? It's like. Well, I'm going to say because they didn't right? have time. I mean, they were they were only yeah. in the air for like 15, 20 minutes. They didn't have time, probably. You know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I don't know the answer. To that is, I I don't know. Um, you know, I I tell you. So this is interesting because I got out of the core in '98, and I had a five year period that I could be called back, and that obviously was going to be about two thousand three. So I remember, man, it was about a week after because trying to get a hold of anyone the week after 9-11 and any, even calling, you know, like AT&T. I mean, it was just you, you weren't right. using the phones, you know, you weren't yeah. getting a hold of anyone. So it was about a week after, roughly, I called into um, the local reserve station. I was like, I, I gave them my info and all that. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. Like, do I need to get ready? I mean, do I need to come in? I mean, like, I don't know what to do. And um, so I, I, I got a hold. They said, well, I, I, I don't know. And, and every, everyone, I mean, imagine being the Reserve Marine Corps, you know, office in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and you're just like, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to have someone call you back and. I mean, everyone was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I finally got a hold of uh, a gunner sergeant and I said, gunny, I don't know what to do. Like, what am I obligated to do? Like, is there anything I should be doing? Like, what is the next step? And he's like, I don't know. And he's, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. And And he said, there's a chance that you get a phone call saying report to your local reserve station within 24 hours. And he's like, I'm going to tell you to live your life, bro. I'm going to tell you to live your life until you need to lock in. And I was like, so, I mean, like, don't go on trips. And he's like, well, here's the thing. If someone calls you and says that you have 24 hours to get to a base, if you're not there, how are you going to know? 
He's like, live your life. And if, if, it, if you know, if they really want to find you, they will. And I was like, okay. So there was a part of me at the time Now understand many of you have heard my story about the Marine Corps. I got out of the Marine Corps with a very, very, very bad taste in my mouth about the Marine Corps. I was very uh, immature about how I handled it, but I, I was not proud of, of being a Marine there for a few years when I got out. Um, funny how things change when the towers drop all of a sudden I was like, let's fucking go. Like, you know, and turned out that there were millions of other people in America that were saying, let's fucking go that they literally had the largest onslaught of people coming in and without a draft, let's say, um, and, and volunteering to join since world war two. And so, um, there you go. Um, didn't have to go back, but I, there for, there for about two or three months, like it was questionable. Like I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, if you would have asked me September 10th, if something would have happened, I was like, fuck you. No, I'm not going back. September 11th. It's amazing how quickly like that you can, you can just forget old wounds and just say, let's go. And, um, so yeah, it was interesting. Um, anyways, we're not going to talk about nine 11, a, a ton, uh, 1.7 thousand votes, 46% say disbelief was what they remember most. 33% in second place was a sense of American pride, anger at 13% and sadness at eight. Now that said the sadness probably, um, is number one with people who lost loved ones, obviously. Um, right. That's where the sadness, but for the average person that didn't know anyone there, you know, it was interesting. It came out maybe like six months later after nine 11 or whatever. It was, it was, it was a short time after. And they said that one out of every four Americans through I don't remember. It was like three or four or five degrees of separation knew. Oh yeah. Someone that died. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, he had like 3000 people die in, but I mean like a friend of a friend of a friend or a friend's cousin or something, you know, there was like one, two or three, I can't remember what the, 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 the degrees of separation, but like one in three or one in four Americans would have known at least one person. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, yeah. Anyway, so let's, yeah, that was this weekend. Uh, people also tend to forget, um, and I send my yearly text to Tonto, but this year marked the 10-year anniversary of the uh, the Benghazi attack, September 11th, 2012. So this was the 10-year anniversary uh, of Benghazi. So, um, you know, so September 11th is 9-11. Then you had Benghazi. It's also my wife's sister's birthday. So uh, interesting, interesting day. The last, the last poll question. And I utilized the image poll for the very first time. And I said, your, who's your favorite FUD? And I gave you two choices. Clover Tack or Hickok 45? Rogue, who's your favorite of the two? Now, now, now that being said, 
I hey, don't let me be here affect your vote now. Don't don't just yeah. say <laughs> I, I did I did uh, use Clover's hey, um what do you call it? Glamour yeah, portrait. we use Clover's glam shot. Portrait uh, by Tina. Yeah. By Tina. Vote Pedro. Yeah. Anyways. Um no, it's it's Clover hands down. Yeah. Well, um, Ninety-four percent of the people that voted over nine hundred votes disagree with you. Ninety-four percent say Hickok. Six percent say our little buddy Clover. And I'm not going to go over some of the comments because some of them were pretty nasty. Um, uh, no, 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 I was just joking. Most of them were like fuds. You know, they've never said anything fuddish and all that. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, we haven't paid attention then. You know what? what that poll, you know what that poll tells me? That I'm doing a great job at fooling people. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. Yep. Yep. G23 said he voted for Clover Deck. Quit kissing his ass. He doesn't need <laughs> anybody kissing his ass. Uh, Page in the Dark's out there. What's up? Mario's out there. Mario's like, what are we accessorizing? I think we're going to accessorize... You know, we're gonna accessorize our plate carriers. They're gonna be really, really pretty when we get done with them. They're gonna be I bedazzled bet. and yeah, we've been pulling the bedazzled out. Yeah, I, I'm all about the bedazzle. I yeah. bet if you worded that poll differently, you would have got the exact oh. same results. I bet if you worded it the who is the fud that you hate the most, you'd have got the exact same vote, the exact same results. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet you did. Probably, which means in that case, they love you. If you would have, if you, if I would have worn it, who would you hate? Which fud do you hate the most? And 94% pick Hickok. That means that 94% like love you. This means 94% of your viewers never heard of me. That's all it means. This is true. Probably. There was a couple like, who the fuck is Clover Tack? And I was like, I say that every day, you know? <laughs> and that's sad. That's sad. Because I'm on here every Tuesday, so every they, yeah. They well, not, obviously, they people not are not watch, watching Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. Do they not watch or listen? I mean, it's that, well, that says a lot about their loyalty to it, your channel. Which you so, know, this this yeah. thing gets about 300 views a week, and so that means that I've got 36,600 people every week that do not watch this. So, what are you gonna do? Our good buddy Tim Knights out there says, "Get the glue gun, plate carrier extravaganza." Tim knows the deal. Tim knows the deal. We're going to bedazzle the hell out of our plate carriers. And I, I think we should bedazzle the glue gun, our magazines. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. We are going to talk starting about right now, accessorizing um, our guns. And the reason why this came about, it was funny. So uh, ghost tactical 90% of the Tuesdays. There you go. I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Do twenty three is out there. Uh, Tara Smith's kitchen. Ahoy, Miti. How are you? Um, most people know that know me well know that I spend very little time on Facebook. I think it's a weird place. Not as weird as Twitter, but it's a weird place. Uh, most of the time when I'm over there, I'm either getting my updates on whose birthday it is today, so I'll go and say happy birthday to my friends or whatever. And I'm checking out some groups. I do belong to some groups over there, and and it's pretty fun. I, I don't really 
correspond with anybody. I go and look and see what's being posted or what questions and all that. And I go through one of the groups. Uh, man, it was over the weekend, I think. Maybe Sunday. And uh, it's in one of the firearms groups I'm in. And a guy had just... Now, I don't know if it's his first AR, but it was worded, just finished building my first AR. So I don't know if this is like his first build or his first AR. Don't know. I'm just going to go out and say that. He said, what do you guys think? So, of course, you know how people are going to react to that. There's going to be people going, oh, look great. Good job. Welcome to the club. And then you've got the idiots. Uh, what the fuck are you doing with, with this, that, and the other? And, you know, did, why didn't you use this kind of a barrel instead of this? Or why didn't you use this kind of a trigger? You know, second guessing the guy's every move. And it's like, shut up, guys. This is He's excited. He just wants to hear what we think about his AR. Um, but the dude looked like he went to the gun shop and went to the accessory line shelves and just grabbed one of everything he turned like that six and a half seven pound rifle into a 20 20 pound like monster um the dude had he had at least two grips he had a vertical grip and an angle grip and he might have had like a hand stop at the end i can't remember but he had at least two grips uh he had the full-blown like surefire you know why he had ir but he had like an ir laser and flashlight he had uh the eotech which i, I can't come I mean, i've got eotech with a with the multiplier uh he had an eotech with a 3x uh magnifier but he ha- he had like anything and everything like that you could possibly put like there was not an inch of rail and i want to say it might have been a quad rail but there, I did not see like a, an inch um, of rail available. He had it all. And uh, I was like, wow. Like, will he ever use any of that stuff that's on there? You know, that, that was the, my first question is like, hey, I got no problem. I, I, I like putting stuff on my rifles as well. Um, but are you going to use that? So that's the kind of the question that I started fluttering in my mind. Things make you go, hmm. Uh, G23 says, Ghost, is your Facebook page the original crayon eater? No, mine is, um, mine was not the original crayon eater. That'd been, that'd been nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tim says, hashtag fill the rail. This dude filled the rail. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight is there are, good accessories there are bad accessories there are people that go insane with accessories um so we're going to talk a little bit because i have rifles that like my battle rifle that's got an insane amount of stuff on it for what i have on there and then i have other ars that i don't even there's some ars i don't even have a dot on it's just irons and that's it like it's just simple basic and all that and and i think it's we're going to talk a little bit about some of the accessories that you can get uh, things you might want to look at getting for sure, things you might want to say, eh, think about that, and then other stuff, it's like, come on. Like, why does anyone need an IR laser? Unless you're running, like, nods, you can't see the IR, bro. Like, unless you're willing to go spend $2,500 on some night vision goggles, that IR is doing you no good at all. So um, it is what it is. So I'm going to start out real quick with Clover and say, one clover i know there are rifles and it's not just about rifles it could be handguns whatever shotguns whatever 
I do most of my accessorizing, I think, which I think most people do with their with their rifles, uh, because especially AR platforms, very easy to uh, to accessorize them and all of that. But uh, when it comes to guns, I know that you have guns that are tricked out, and you have guns that are extremely basic as well. Uh, but in general, do you have a rule of thumb when it comes to accessorizing your guns on what you will or what you won't put on that specific gun? I think it has to fit a purpose, but but for me, sure. the purpose can just be looks, right? There are accessories Absolutely. that change the looks, so mm -hmm. you need to establish oh, yeah. that. Um, once upon a time, um, I was far more concerned with the with the bling than I am now. Uh, okay. One of my favorite rifles is a is an XM one seven seven copy. Uh, Using it on videos okay. multiple times. It's one of my favorite. It's lightweight. It's just clean. It's there's nothing hanging off of it. Carry handles, yeah. you know, uh, A1 sight, A, you know, uh, you know, front post. Um, just clean, minimalist rifle. And and I've got to where I like, I like that mm. now more than a bunch of accessories and stuff hanging off of it. I mean, with accessories, you add weight. You know, there's mm -hmm. just so many other things. It becomes cumbersome. One of the things that I was really big into was the, well, they call them like the extended charging handle latches, right? And like let the me, third out, you mean? Yeah. Well, on on yeah. the left side, I mean, years ago, they had a they had a charging handle latch. Several companies made them. Mm -hmm. That were oversized yeah. and whatever. It was on the left side. They didn't make them anything for the right side because at that point there wasn't, you know, ambi charge. Lefties handles. don't. Lefties don't. Lefties yeah. don't need any accessories. Yeah, but I'm just saying <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about a long time ago anyway. Uh, again, I had all this stuff before it was cool and a fad to do it. Um, anyway, um, those get old after a while after they dig into you enough. You know, mm -hmm. walking through the woods, pig hunting or whatever, when you've got them slung. Uh, yep. So, like, I'll, I'll deal with trying to rack it, you know, underneath my optic or with gloves or whatever over having that digging into my stomach, tearing up my shirt, yep. whatever. Um, right. So, I think that's uh, – and then they've gotten a little better with their designs. But, you know, if you're going to carry that thing slung around, uh, not the best not the best thing to have on one. Yep. <laughs> Cherry City out there says, every NC Star accessory in the market – is how he rolls. That's fair. Uh, Defense Dad says you got to dress up at least one gun for barbecue days. That's understandable. That's understandable. Uh, Buck out there says red dot and muzzle brake is about as far as I go. You know, I'll agree with the brake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'll say this. Uh, yeah. I think brakes are very essential. Um, in the last couple years, though, even some of these brakes or compensators or Hell, some of them are just flash hiders. I mean, but, you know, uh, the muzzle devices, let's say, yeah, um, are interesting because I saw one, and I, I, I and I literally double-taked. I was at the range. This has got to be probably 2020. I double-taked at the range. Uh, and, and Cherry says, I hope you realize that's total sarcasm. I don't know what sarcasm is. I have no idea what you're talking about. You'll have to explain this uh, concept of sarcasms to me. Um, cause if I don't know what sarcasm is, then how can I identify it? Uh, so good luck. 
obviously, I know that, Jerry. Although NC Star does put some decent stuff out there for for basic budget stuff, um, I I have NC Star stuff um, on some of my stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Any, anyways, um, so like in 2020, I was at the range, and guy was there shooting, and he had his AR on like the sled and I don't know if he was zeroing a new optic whatever but I'm, I'm walking by and say hey man how you doing he's like good I'm going there and get the target stand or whatever gonna get set up with the rifle range and I'm walking by and I kind of do one of those like hey what's he shooting you know and like I'm walking I do one of those and I like stop literally stopped and kind of did one of those and I was like what is that he goes what do you mean I said, what, what is that? He goes, it's an AR. And I said, I, I get that. What, like what caliber? And he goes, two, two, three. I'm like, wow. Okay. So we're all aware of the big Star Trek looking muzzle brakes that you find on 50 BMGs, right? Well, someone like had taken, thing? yeah. And someone had taken one of those, made it just a little bit smaller, but made it to where it fits on a two-two-three barrel. Yeah. Why not, right? And, and they might have been around for a long time. I had just never seen one, and it just struck me funny. I walked by, I was like, "What is that?" And he was like, "It's an AR." I said, "No, no, no, I get it. What, what caliber? Two-two-three." And I'm like, "Where did you find that fifty BMG?" He goes, "I don't found it online. I thought it was pretty cool." And I was like, "It is kind of cool. It's something I've never seen." Yeah. You know, and he's he's up there, and he's he's got his two two three with a fifty cal you know muzzle brake on there. I think, funny. I think muzzle devices for most people, and I fall into this category within reason. Now, obviously, on my three hundred Weatherby mag, three hundred Winchester mm -hmm. mag, I mean <laughs> they're they're on there to help mitigate recoil at least a little bit, right? Um, because they amplify the sound so much as. It's ridiculous. So you do uh, not want to be standing there. next to that either. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. no. And uh, anyway, yeah, anybody on the range next to me will hate me. But anyway, um, mm. but especially me. I mean, I've been into suppressors for again before they were ever fashionable or cool. Um, and so for me, um, I fall more, and I still do. I think I fall more into the um, the looks category mm -hmm. on the on the muzzle brake uh, or the muzzle mm -hmm. device let's say um than mm -hmm. anything and, and i'll tell you why it's because if you if you run suppressors obviously you got threaded barrels right mm -hmm. and so what are your options well you can put a a brake on there or 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 a muzzle device right or you can yep. put a uh, a thread protector just a knurled sure plain mm -hmm. looks like crap so, I mean, why not? Why not find a cool break or comp or something? Right. You know, it's most of the time it's just going to be on their hand tight anyway. It's just protecting the threads. And so while it's in the safe, while it's in the case, while it's sitting on the bench waiting to go, whatever, at least it looks good. It just doesn't have a stupid, yeah. you know, knurled nut on the end of it. Um, so, you know, and for nobody me, wants a knurled nut. I'm just exactly. saying. Exactly. Yeah, that could be that could be dangerous. That could uh uh, hinder your uh, future offspring production, but uh, no but doubt. yeah, I think I think that's a I think for most people, I think I think the muzzle device thing is a vanity play. It's a 
it truly is an accessory over, you know, how it looks over function. Yeah. And I'll say, and I'm not saying everyone, but I will say, in my opinion, what I believe to be true, I would say the vast majority, let's say 80%, <clears throat> maybe even higher. I'll get you guys' opinion on this of people that actually do run suppressors are doing that for one of two reasons. The look of having a suppressor and kind of like the status. Ooh, I've got that. I've got a, a suppressor, you know, yeah. uh, not for any reasons other than that. I don't think they truly care about um, the suppressing the sound or anything. Um, now, I do know that a lot of long range shooters do it for, you know, just the reason why they, say that they run as a break is to, you know, mitigate that, that percussion. But um, I would say, I would think that the vast majority of people that run suppressors are doing it so they look cool or they can say, I've got a suppressor on my rifle. So I don't know. What do you guys well, look think about at that? The, look at the yeah. number of shrouds available on the market, right? Well, so see, we I've got a, a, well, that's we not a, that's a flash hider on this, um, yeah. but I've got what a shroud. I've got two shrouds on different ones up here for sure. Yeah. So you talk about a muzzle like device. So for those that don't know, so when you're talking about a break or a compensator, it threads mm -hmm. on and then it extends the barrel and then it's got grooves it or slots or whatever. A shroud yeah. goes backwards. It threads on, but everything is backwards. Um, and so it makes you look yeah. like if you get the right one or whatever, it can look like you've got a mm -hmm. suppressor. So my, the right. first 300 blackout I built, um, yeah. I, uh, I had at that time, there was a company, I don't know if they're still in business that, that made them. And it was basically the exact size of my Gemtech can that I had for that, right? Yeah. Um, and when I screwed it on, it looked like a short barrel AR with a suppressor, right? Right. But again, sure. it was yeah. looks is all it was. And Absolutely. it was basically, it was a glorified thread protector because now when I screwed yeah. that off and put the suppressor on, it looked like a whole different rifle, obviously, at that yeah, point. Sure. Because, you know, you had a 16-inch six, eight inches or whatever. With another yeah. seven or eight inches on it, yeah. But you know, hey, it like again, it looked cool when it was sitting there, uh, not being suppressed. So why not? Yep. Uh, Adam out there says, uh, "Nope, I shoot suppressed so that squirrels and birds don't fly, or run away if I miss. Plus, it's quiet. That is the same for his nine or his four, his forty-five. It's more enjoyable when it's suppressed." No, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying that's why I said I don't think it's everyone, but I think that the vast majority of people that run that go suppressed, um, I think they find later that there are some really cool reasons why they should stay suppressed. But I think a lot of them are just it looks cool and it's a status symbol. Hey, I've got a suppressor almost and uh, and all that. Uh, Mark Jackson. I wonder if that's the famous point guard, Mark Jackson. Doubt it, but it'd be cool if it was. Uh, suppressor, hunting, and I don't want to blow my ears out in home defense. Uh, just have to do something with that gas pressure. Try a Radeon Raptor SD Vented. Helps a reasonable deal. Um, so, yes. Um, for those of you out there that have never shot anything suppressed um aside from maybe a couple different setups you can set something up to be hollywood quiet but the vast majority of things that are suppressed in real life um yes it does help with the sound but it is not the hollywood doo -doo, you know that no. everyone thinks it is 
Um, you could probably get a 22 uh, running subsonic with a suppressor. It could sound pretty cool. Uh, I, I know that Clover said that there is some uh, 300 blackout that he's run. It's uh, subsonic. Yeah, I've got a 308. I've got a 308. Pretty close to being. I will say that what was that one down at? Was it a 65 Creed? I can't remember. Down at yeah. the um, uh, at Talladega. Yeah. That was about as, as Hollywood quiet for a 65 Creed that I've ever heard. I don't know who that yeah, was. I can't remember. That was awesome. And the 45.7, that was dead air. And the 45.70 was, was pretty salty, too. Now, yeah. I've got, you know, my 300 blackout, but it's tweaked to the max. Uh, my little short barrel right. 300 blackout. Um, so it's nowhere near bone stock. Now, one thing that is bone stock, except for the ammunition, uh, is my Coyote rig. Uh, and it's bolt okay. action in 308. Now, being in bolt action, you've got zero sound from the action. And Correct. it's it's literally yeah. most pellet rifles. Because of the spring mechanisms and other things in them, mm -hmm. most pellet mm -hmm. rifles are louder than that 308. So uh, uh, you know me; I'm very snobby when it comes to I'm very snobby when it comes to suppressors. Um, I would, but I would agree with you. The vast majority of stuff that's out there, unless you get really into it and really snobby about it, and most people don't, they run supersonic ammunition, which right there is going to make a noise. Um, you know, so either they can't find subsonic or, you know, they don't load their own or whatever the case may be. And they just shoot off the shelf ammo. Um, yeah. But even if you get off the shelf subsonic ammo, what you got to realize is that barometric pressure, elevation, temperature, all of that changes the sound signature, too. So, absolutely, um, yeah. Now, Adam's out there since I like the idea of getting one for his 458 SOCOM, oh, yeah. but the ammo is too expensive for me to enjoy shooting it, which is saying is it's so much fun. Now, you have a 458. Is it suppressed or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a Form 1. I built that one. Yeah. Um, I will say one. this. I will say this. 450 SOCOM, you're not going to put a little can on it and get anywhere near where you want to be as far as quiet. Um, you know, you're going to have to have something about 10 inches in length and yeah. two inch diameter you got to have some volume for that puppy um but i will say this talking about the the ammo i agree uh a reloading setup and casting your own 500 grain projectiles um you can reload some subsonic stuff that'll put a wall up on a pig uh and it's pretty doggone quiet suppressed it's not you know not near some stuff just because of the bore diameter yeah Mark out there says, bid hard, yes, Clover, for subsonic. Daughter runs Federal Ultra Match subsonic for pest control in a Sparrow can. But Clover, yes, it's only a 100-yard gun. Talking Barrel, about his Barrel's daughter runs a 22 LR for that kind of stuff. So um, Sparrow's a good can. It's a great can. Yeah, I don't um, – he said a rifle barely thumps. Yeah, I, I guess I, I don't know anything – I'm not a big suppressor guy, so I don't, I mean, I know the big players in suppressors, but I don't, I don't know now much the, about the, the companies that aren't, you know, the big, big, the big one dogs. Of the, one of the local gun shops here built some uh, integrally suppressed, integrally suppressed, however you pronounce that. Oh, uh, right. Uh, Ruger 44 mag bolt actions that okay. are, were was crazy freaking quiet i mean it was insane i think they built up like five or six of those uh that they ended up selling. Oh. i was lucky enough to be able to 
shoot some before they sold them all, but uh, holy jeez! But you're talking a whole different level. Now we're talking from we yeah. went from suppressors to <laughs> integrally, which is a whole other ball game. Right. Yeah. I I I to my knowledge, maybe I did at range day on something, but to my knowledge, I've never shot it in in integrally uh, suppressed. You rifle. have. You shot that. You shot a twenty two from uh, Black Rain, I think. Maybe it was. Uh, oh, last year the twenty-two. Good yeah, call. I could almost. I'm, I can almost promise you at, at Shot Show Range yeah. that you shot something integrally suppressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, you're right. Um, but I don't have. I have very little experience with that. Um, once again, I, I, I'm not. I don't dislike. It. I'm. Just, I, I have never been a big suppressed guy. Um, it is what it is. Um. I think that if I were to play with some more and, and all of that, I probably would become bigger fans of them. Um, yeah, I definitely well, I've got more would, form ones than I have anything, and so for me, yeah. that's part of the fun is to do it yourself, building your own. Yeah, you know, yeah getting sure. it right. It's it's custom tuned to whatever you know purpose or rifle or caliber you know that you're trying to do. So X Adam one says, "What is Clover Tax email?" It's I mean, do you do you mind giving that out? I mean, it's everywhere else. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the giving out one's clobertack at gmail.com. Real easy. There you go. Real real easy. Uh, clobertack at gmail.com. Um, I just lost it. I'm not very smart. I had a, I had. A, I, I'm pretty sure it was life changing. We're talking about range day. Smart. We're talking about integrally suppressed. I said something about oh, building my own. Yes. Um, I, what I. I don't see myself doing anything within my AR pistols or ARs in general. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't see myself. Maybe if I could get a, a smaller nine millimeter, um, that might be kind of a cool thing to play with on a couple, either a couple of my uh, nine millimeter PCCs. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, but I tell you the one thing that I would maybe like to do is I've, I've got an area 419 muzzle brake on, on the sniper rifle, which I really love. Um, now the matches that I've been to, there's only been a handful of them. The vast majority, at least here in, in and I've been uh, in a couple here in Arkansas and, and, and one up in Missouri, basically everybody, there might've been a couple, but I would say like 95% of the shooters in the, in the uh, sniper rifle the sniper challenges uh are using muzzle brakes there were some people running suppressed um now my understanding talking with cole and a bunch of other people and, and, and vallejo and all them you get out west to utah wyoming montana where the big prs matches are um I think the vast majority of the top end guys are running suppressed. So I think that I would have fun enjoying if I could get one uh, for the sniper to ballistically see how things are different between the muzzle brake and running suppressed. Both of them are going to give, um, especially in the precision round, uh, long range games going to give a lot of help. Um, but I would like to maybe, do a test on my own to see which is better for me. Cause you ask a person from the South and they're going to say, run a muzzle brake. You ask someone from out West, they're going to say, run a suppressor. 
so I think that'd be kind of fun uh, and, and the testing side of things to I see think, what would be better. I think well, with it, your, I think with your, um, the twenty twos that you got, the GSG, and then the other one that you got for, picked up for mm-hmm. your daughter. I think either one of those with the twenty two cans, like the Sparrow yeah. that was mentioned out there earlier. Yep. I think you'd have a blast with those, man. Seriously. Oh, I'm sure I would. Yeah, I'm sure I would. And twenty two cans um, are cheap. And one thing you got out here, Ghost, that you got to remember is that th- there's a different mindset out here. Those people might be using cans because they use them for hunting anyway, because we have suppressed yeah. hunting out here. So that's just what they're used to, and they just might be putting their cans. And they might have been raised on suppressed for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, I, I I I wasn't raised on firearms to begin with, but much less even in the Marine Corps we didn't run a whole lot of suppressed back when I was in, they are, most of them are now, um, or a lot of them are, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of them are now, but back when I was in, no one ran suppressed. So they weren't going to give a 19 year old dumbass Marina, a two or $3,000 suppressor. They were, they were smart enough to know not to do that. Cause there's an old saying about the Marine Corps. If you ever want to just destroy something, give it to a Marine and give them an hour. And they'll figure out a way to destroy anything. So they weren't about to give us a suppressor. So, um, um, you and Cherry C are going back. I heard, um, Clover, you you talking about the ATF and and uh, approving Form Ones, and I don't know if it's Form Ones or what, but I heard a few months ago that wait times were down to like a month or six weeks for suppressors. I don't know what it is now, but um, yeah, earlier in the summer, they were down to like, I, I should say this, a friend of mine got his back in six weeks. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Yeah, Cherry City out there is talking about kits and stuff. And I'm not, I'm not, my form ones are form ones. You got to realize I'm old school. I'm talking about mills and lathes and laying it out. And yeah. I even have to make the jigs sometimes and build tools to build the parts. So we're not talking about any kit or drilling any hole. Yeah. Um, and I don't know anybody that's, that's form one and junk like that. I don't know anybody that's done any of that. And the reason is I've seen stuff come in um, that the end caps are blowed through all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff with those, sol- those solid traps are freaking dangerous. Um, but yeah, I mean, for form I one, for anybody, yeah. for form maybe ones, for one shot, it's okay. One shot, maybe. Well, you can for, do anything. Well, once. I mean, no, no, they may hold together. They may hold together for hundreds of shots, but you know, eventually it's going to fire and it's going to, you know, shrapnel's going to go everywhere and it's not going to be a good day. Um, but anyway, um, I actually had one do that to me one time. I was working on one in the shop and I took it out back and it was, it was a 22. I'm not mistaken. And um, thankfully, it blew the end cap and ended up blowing two or three of the baffles out the end of it. And, you know, thankfully, everything went away. Now, I never did find it, threw them into a pasture that was neck high with weeds. And so um, we never did even find the parts or anything to it. But, right. um, you know, that's some personal experience. And then I've seen tons and tons of people that's tried it. And, um, and all of that. But no, what I'm talking about is, is like legit builds. And that's one of the, the reasons mm-hmm. now the form one thing, when you form one an e-file right now, um, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about form one and an SBS or an SBR or a, or a can, um, yeah. Form one an e-file. I mean, 
uh, we're seeing things back six to eight weeks. I mean, maybe 12 yeah. weeks, like maybe right. pretty consistent. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool because, um, with that e-file, like I said, a buddy of mine got his back in six weeks, uh, early in the year, which is crazy. You know, sometimes it was going 16 months at one point, a couple years ago, well over a year and a half, you know? Um, but yeah, um, with the way that times are kind of getting sped up a little bit with, with the ATF and there are some, um, suppressor companies that have budget lines that are very, very, very reasonably priced that are still good quality, but they're, they're more entry level cans. Um, I, I, I'll ask you guys rogue. I'll ask you first, you know, is this, is, is the suppressor game? Do you think it's, it's, going to grow in the next few years uh, big time or is it still going to become a niche thing? I think it's going to become more accepted. Uh, the one thing my sister lives over in Europe and mm -hmm. it, it's funny to think about how the U S thinks of suppressors and how Europe thinks of suppressors. You have to have them you over know, there to go to the range. Yeah. Over there it's considered rude to shoot without one. Right. Um, exactly. And then here it's just like you're the most evil person in the world because you got this thing that's whisper quiet, which yeah. it does, that's Which just not true. the case. Right. Um, so I, I think it's going to catch on, you know, now with the backlogs coming in, you know, of the e-file is solving some of these backlog problems. I mean, I mm -hmm. know I could, I could walk out in my front yard and throw a rock and probably hit about five suppressors in my neighborhood, right. uh, or at least five houses with suppressors in them. It's just, one of those things that when you get into some of these more friendly states, it's just, it, it's, com it's becoming common. Uh, for me, I don't have any cans. Um, that's just not my thing. I think they're cool. Um, there was, I, I know we had a, it was like last year we had a rabbit that was in my yard that was injured. And uh, one of my neighbors came out with a 22 with a can and we put the thing down. And shooting in our neighborhood is not allowed, but no one, no one even knew because of, of that can. I Until mean, now, just everyone's watching this. There's, there's tens of people watching this. They're going to turn you yeah. in now. Yeah, well, they, they can. The homeowners association is going to have a, an, a, a letter in your mailbox tomorrow. Oh, trust Excuse me, they, me they, they it's been come to our attention that they hate my ass anyway. So, um, I, 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 li I live to be a thorn in their side to begin with. But yeah, it's. Yeah. I think it's just going to become more of an accepted thing, and I. I don't get personally. I don't get why it's an NFA item. Um, I. I don't oh understand God. why. But it, it is. It is what it is, and I think it'll become more. I think it'll become more accepted. Um, now Calaveras is. I doesn't think that suppressor is even allowed in California. Uh, no NFA items at all. So, um, that's, well, that's okay. All the Californians food. are moving here anyway, so they'll end up have, learning the fun while they're screwing up everything we've got. Uh, there's, there has been a pretty good exodus out of California in the last couple of years. A lot well, of people going to Montana, a lot of people going to Wyoming. Uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming is one of my favorite places in the world, and I understand that even Jackson Hole has become it's overrun. Yeah. Which well, is they're, they're now putting signs up in California saying, don't move to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, 
Well, they're moving like, to Florida oh. though instead. So it's like, yeah, they are. Yeah. Tim, out there says Tennessee, Tim is says Tennessee is closed. <laughs> well, our joke in Montana is: is Montana's full? We hear North Dakota's nice. You know, interestingly enough, uh, I saw a thing. This is probably five years ago or so, maybe even longer than that. Um, that North Dakota is they 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 were suing South Dakota. And because the word South was helping them in tourism, because people thought since they were South Dakota, it was warmer and, and all of that. I'm like, they have Mount Rushmore. Like, that's why South Dakota's tourism is always going to be higher than North Dakota. They've got Mount Rushmore. Like, well, people black, aren't going to South Dakota. Let's go to South Dakota. That sounds like a pleasant place to be, you know. So, so uh, they actually sued across, Somebody's moved across country three times through North Dakota. When you leave Montana into North Dakota, it is the flattest piece of earth that you will ever see. Flattest yeah. featureless piece of earth ever. Um, yeah, but it is kind of funny. Uh, I know, I know some people in North Dakota, and they're. It, it always seems to be they're pissed at the South Dakotans. And I don't understand. I, it's like I don't get it. Their, their tourism is being helped because the word South in the name. No, they well, have Mount Rushmore. They have Sturgis. <laughs> they, have, they have Sturgis. They have Sturgis. They have, Sturgis yeah. alone is going to bring in yeah. more tourists than North Dakota does. Exactly. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I I've been to North Dakota, been to South Dakota, <laughs> and quite frankly, I think South Dakota is a lot better. Um, it, it's just. It, it, it's a it's it's a nicer place. They got the the whole Black Hills region is great. Yeah. If you yeah. if you have, if you have rock crawler, man, people are out there in their four wheel drive with four wheel steering, crawling all over stuff. I mean, it's there's more to do there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. What's that? I was laughing at X, X Adam One's comment. North North Dakota sounds like the exit. Oh, like the exit. Know. Just you know, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> probably about right. All I, can, about. all I can say about Californians moving to Texas, California. Is, is I would prefer if you did that you stick to the Austin, Houston, San Antonio, DFW regions, please. Uh, you know, don't. Move into smaller towns in the in the country, and mo for the most part, people are doing that. So, um, I suggest you stay to Austin and Houston. Leave yeah. San Antonio alone. Leave Dallas alone. Houston and Austin, man. Well, all of those them. are all of those are already blue. That does not skew the the political makeup yeah. at all. I know, but I love anyway. Dallas and I love San Antonio, and I might end up in one of those two eventually. Back to retire. And I don't want that shit going. So stay in Houston, stay in Austin. I will not retire either one of those places. Right. <laughs> um, ooh, how about we send them all to North Dakota? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Send everyone to North Dakota. Yep. There you have it. Make it great. Make it your own state, guys. That absolutely. I think that. I think that North Dakota should be the refugee state. Hundred percent. Sent everyone in North Dakota and give them all five, ten acres of land. Give them all. Hey, come on. 
We're going to give you all acres. Uh, anyways, yeah. All right. So <laughs> let's kind of get back somewhat on topic. Oh, that was a fun discussion. But uh, so I, I want, I do want to do this. Um, and, and you don't have to, norm, to, to, to do it to one, but the question is going to be, I'll start with Clover on this one. Um, is let's say for an AR 15, is there an accessory that you think that the average person who's getting into their first AR platform rifle should get? And it might be more than one, but as, as you know, obviously there are accessories that are good ones. They are ones that are uh, universally accepted as to being good for any situation. But, you know, is there one that sticks out in your mind to you that says, you know, if you're going to get your first AR, this is probably something you want to go ahead and get into also? I didn't know. Are we t we're not talking about an AR? No, no. Well, we are. What I'm talking about is, is let's use the AR as someone's buying their first AR-15. Yeah. Like, is there an accessory that you sit there and said, you know, you, you pretty much need this also? Man, that's a... You always ask the hard questions. I guess it kind of depends on the configuration on your AR, right? Um, man, flip-ups. I mean, you know, most ARs are going to be flat-topped with, you know, not have a, a post mm -hmm. or anything. Especially in the um, last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, so man, flip ups, I would say, I mean, they're reasonable enough and you never know and learn how to use the flip ups would be the next thing. Yeah. Uh, Rogue, what about you? Anything that stands out in your mind? Mags, buy mags, buy them a lot, buy a lot Extra of magazines. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. See, you know, I, you know, and Tim has a great one. He said a sling. Uh, or otherwise, you're going to be putting it down a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, a, a sling's a great accessory. Um, you know, as as much as you know, yeah, flip up sights would probably be the one. And I'd say, you know what? Honestly, I would go ahead and get a, a set of like the Magpul flip up sights and find yourself the best red dot that you can afford. Honestly, yeah. at this point. Um, I think they need to learn how to, to use flip ups, but I think that for the average person that has very little experience to no experience, um, learn how to use the flip ups. But if, if, if you have someone that can help you zero and most, most of those red dots are zeroed already for, you know, 50 yards or 25 yards or whatever, uh, out of the box, you know, I think the average person getting their first AR and getting into a red dot, I think a red dot, as much as it, it pains me to say that I think a red dot ahead of flip-ups is more important, I do think that people can shoot easier, have more fun quickly with that AR with a red dot, and then you can always learn to, to utilize the flip-ups at a later time. Um, yeah, the other thing I, you to know, think of is maybe know. a twenty-two conversion kit. For, for for training and all of that, shooting yeah, it training, cheaper, just, sure. just having fun. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, no, no, I hear you. I don't know. Um, I, I do like a sling though. I think a sling, a, a sling is definitely in the top three or four. 
you know, you've got flip up sites, let's say a flip ups, red dots. Um, I think maybe a sling is next. I think you go sling before you go any kind of a grip or a light or, you know, a laser or I, I, I think that sites will say sites, whether it's flip up or red dots or an optic. Um, I think a sling, I think a sling's right there behind that for sure. And that's something that I, 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 I love. I'm, I'm a, I'm a sling like hoarder. I love slings for some reason. I've got slings that cost me a dollar up to a hundred dollars. Um, I love slings, but honestly for me, like I know they aren't, but like a sling to me is just like, they should come with the rifle. They really should. Like every, every AR 15 that's ever sold should come with a sling. Yeah. So I don't think of it as an accessories. I think it's pretty much needed. <laughs> you know, it's mandatory. Um, and maybe flip up sites should be mandatory. Also, I think, you know, everyone should have flip ups uh, or something, something like that to where they're not considered because I, I mean, honestly, I know what you're saying. And I agree with you, and, and, but I would almost say that flip up shouldn't be an accessory. They should be mandatory. Okay. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that they yeah, should okay be with that too. Yeah. Every, I think every rifle should come with some way of, of sighting it in, you know? Hmm. I don't know. Let's see here. Hmm. Patriot out there says wrong again. Sights and optics are just a fad. Get mag loaders, put mileage on it. Mag loaders, okay, that, that's that's real. Um, mag loaders will will help will help you in the long run, I promise you. Once you go and buy the magazines, buy mag loaders, they will help you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make your life way easier. easier. Oh, much easier. Yes. Adam says, I'm far behind on things. Don't really carry my rifles. Just carry it in a case to the range. Not against them at all. Just need to learn to properly use them. And, and see, that's the whole thing. Uh, I, I think why a lot of people, and I don't, I'm not, I don't know this. I'm just speculating. Uh, I think a reason why a lot of people don't run slings is they don't know how to properly use them. They, they keep them as stretched out as they can. They sling them over their shoulder and they think, well, this is falling off my shoulder. It doesn't help. That's not how you run a, a sling. Um, maybe most of the people that aren't sling people have never been taught. One of two things, never been taught how to properly utilize a sling or two and, and probably and two, not or two, but probably not ever been taught and have probably not use the right kind of sling for what they need it for. Uh, you can't just, you, you can go down and buy a $1 GI sling at the surplus store if you want. Um, but depending on what you're trying to do with that sling is not going to be a good sling choice. Um, so yeah, there are different kinds of slings for different situations. Um, and, and how to properly run a sling is something that, you know, we learned from day one. Um, uh, but that's, you know, uh, that's what we did, but running a sling the right way will probably bring you into being more of a sling person. If you know how to run a sling. Uh, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um, let's see here. 
Mark Jackson says, I see every AR should come with backup irons. Um, buy a rifle, no sights, huh? Yes, apparently. Yeah, I mean, especially these these floating um, handguards and all of that. They're, they, a lot of the handguards these days that are being made for ARs are there for aesthetics. They're, they're, they're cool designs and all of that, and most of them don't have rails when you buy them. You have to buy a rail to attach it and then attach your your flip ups or whatever on there um so th there's that but um i'm not saying that if you buy an ar that the sights have to be on the rifle i think that if you're going to produce handguards that doesn't have a rail or anything or a way to attach flip ups on then you should supply like a little two inch piece of Picatinny and the sights that in the box that you could at least put on if you wanted to. Uh, the rear sights shouldn't be an issue with the, with the, the rail on top, the, uh, the upper. But if you're going to run, I, I think that either they should be already on there if they have the, the capabilities of running the rail or a little piece of Picatinny and the flip ups that you can add to your side. I think they'd all should come with that. That's just me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm stupid, but. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, it's funny because, like, my wife with when I gave her her AR, uh, we look. You know, I was like, "Hey, do you want a red dot for this?" And she's like, "No, um, I want irons on my rifle sure. because what happens if a red dot the battery dies? Um, you know, we go through all that stuff." She's like, "I want to be able to run this thing with irons, and then if I want a red dot, I'll get one later." Sure. No, I hear you. Um, I, and I, I don't disagree with that. I just, I, 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 I think that, I don't know how to put this, for beginners or people that are new, either not necessarily new to guns maybe, but new to ARs, um, especially new to guns and ARs at the same time, I think if you get a red dot on there, they're gonna they're gonna enjoy that because they've seen the video yeah. games or whatever. They're yeah. going to be probably a little bit more accurate quicker. Um, and I, and all that. They get into the enjoyment a lot faster that way, right? Because yeah, really, 100%. once that red dot's on, put the dot on the target, squeeze the trigger, and that's where the bullet goes. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's it's it's easy. It's and don't get me wrong, it's fun. Red dots are a lot of fun. Um, and but I do think people should learn and should have available to them the the irons. I mean, that's I, that's just. That's the way saying, it I is. think should, I think this should be mandatory. I think that they should be mandatory with you. I I had a buddy of mine. Him and uh, him and his son took a carbine class, <clears> and <throat> the son, like a quarter of the way through the carbine class, broke his red dot. Okay, yep. and. And the instructor goes, "Good thing you got you got irons, or else you're mm -hmm. you're you're done to class." So all, well, all he did is he he had the irons and continued. I don't know this to be true, but I would think that it'd be worthwhile if you're going to run a carbine class. I think backup sites or flip up sites should be or required. Should be required, or you can't take yeah. that class because there's a good chance that. In that class, you might do something to break you that break red it. dot. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and, and they might even and I might I might even go as far as um I'm gonna give you fifty dollars off my course if you go and get one of those cheap fifty dollar Amazon red dots for this class only you bring like one of those cheap ones because we're going to bang the hell out of it. We're going to break that thing, but we want you to be able to, to break that and still be able to use iron. That'd be interesting. You know, if, if you that know. would be because, because then you're dealing with, you have no idea when that red dot's going to fail and you have that surprise thing. I mean, that's the whole thing with the red dots. It's, you know, when is it going to fail? Either the battery's going to run out or you're going to break the optic, whatever happens. Mm-hmm. You're, you have a realistic situation at that point. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Or or what happens like you're talking about the $50 red dot what happens when it comes off zero? Yep. You, sh- um, you shake that thing loose. That's a real thing is um most people especially starting off don't understand the importance of Loctite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't understand seriously. Uh, when it comes to optics, how, how important Loctite is. Um, uh, proper installation and torque either. Yeah. This is true. True. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I say that if you're going to buy an optic, um, especially something that's bigger, better than a red dot, any LPVO or uh, actual rifle scope, and you don't have a uh, torque wrench then you're not doing yourself any justice wheeler fat wrench wheeler fat wrench is the best i have that i think all three of us here have that uh it is the best i have the new new fat sticks too and those things are great because because there's no thinking it's like 15 yeah torque you're done yep you don't have to think with those things they're awesome yep um yeah for sure um, all right, so I'm gonna start with with Rogue real quick. Um, now we we asked what's what's probably the most important accessory that someone can get. Now I'm gonna go. It doesn't have to be over an AR. It could be any like handgun, shotgun. I mean, right, whatever it is. Um, what's your kind of your favorite accessory that either is on most of your weapons or? Maybe it's something new, whether it's maybe an RMR for your handguns or, or a light on your handguns. But like right now, what's your favorite kind of gun accessory that that you've gotten into lately or in the last couple um, of years, let's say? So it's it's funny because I've been a very plain person. I, I, I didn't really accessorize my guns until really recently. And sure. my favorite right now is I put a red dot on my SIG P365XL. Okay. And... Um, I've not been a red dot fan for carry right. guns. Um, cause I'm, I always like to say I'm a pistol person that wants to be a rifle person. So mine goes right. I go right to the pistols first and I'm enjoying the hell out of, out of red dots on my pistols. Right. Um, I've got what I've got one on my competition gun. I got this one on, on my carry gun. Um, that's kind of where I'm going now. Just, just to have some fun with it. I, I like the red dot that I'm running on the XL or yeah, on that XL because it's got a notch in it that I can use my iron still. So mm-hmm. if that red dot goes down, you just hold the gun just a little bit differently, and then you you still have your irons. Yep. 
Um, I like this question. Mark Jackson notes here says, "Go." Speaking of attachments, your thoughts thoughts on M Lock? I don't have a problem with M Lock at all. Um, it took me a little while to get used to M Lock, but I mean, it took me about all fifteen minutes to figure it out, and then once I figured it yeah. out, I'm good. You know, the, the great thing about MLock is they it gives you options with um what do you call it? Um modern designed, especially like the Gucci rail uh, hand guards and all of that. Um MLock gives you options to be able to put rails on things that maybe weren't available you know uh, a lot of people don't like mlock but i i do you know or or you know depending on your accessory you don't even need the rail well um, that's that, that's true too yeah, yeah. sure because you know if you're looking at you know like an angled foregrip or something on an ar mm -hmm. um yeah. i don't need to put a, a pick rail on and then attach i just go get an mlock foregrip and put it right on yeah and then no, that's, that's one that's list fair as well sure that's one less wiggle point that I have at that point or yep. one less thing that can come loose or yeah, I, I it yeah, took me a little the, while to get to M lock, but once I got to M lock, I, I won't, I haven't looked back. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that you need to, to be weary of when it comes to M lock and, and a lot of my stuff is M lock. I mean, uh, uh, because of that reason, it's, it's easy for, for me, it's easier uh, to, to put those on and, um, but you need to, once again, it's going to be something that we're, we're going to talk about here. Make sure that it is tightened properly and probably Loctite because if, if you yeah. get banged, if it gets loose and that thing will turn just a little bit. Now you got stuff just flopping around and banging, make sure it's tight and even throw the little Loctite in there as well, uh, to make sure that it's locked in place. Once they kind of, you rotate them into the right spot. They've got to be tight or it could be really interesting, but I, I'm a fan of MLock. Uh, Clover, what about you? Um, your thoughts on MLock? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I prefer MLock over key mod for sure. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I don't see here. Before you got onto that, you were talking about, yeah. um, the one thing we haven't talked about, and like for me, I mean, if you're into the poly, you know, handguns and the Gucci Glocks, you know, not sure, a whole sure, lot sure. you necessarily do, but I've got a lot of metal handguns, both revolver and semi-auto, is grips. Mm. Grips, yep. And grips, yep. yes, are a fashion statement thing, totally can go that route with them. Um, sure. But the functionality there can be major, too. Um, well, yeah, it examples. can change your mechanics to where you're a better shooter because of the oh, right no grips. Doubt. Like know? two examples I got, like that uh, Gerson, that 1911 10mm. Mm -hmm. um, phenomenal handgun. The grips on it are pretty decent that, that came yep. on that thing. But I switched to, you know, I'm a lock grips guy, right? Uh, the GTN and just the different textures and other things they have. But I put a mm -hmm. set on that. I think they call them the bogeys. Um, which is a pretty aggressive, fairly aggressive type of texture. And it totally mm -hmm. changed the way that felt, the way that it shoots so yeah. much better. It feels so much better. Um, and some of the first lock grips that I ever got, I picked up 
that little Beretta 84. Um, mm -hmm. And the stock, whatever they are, plastic, rubber, whatever you call it, that was on that Beretta 84 were horrible. Um, you yeah. would shoot that thing, and for a 380, as heavy as that 380 is, um, yeah. it's it just, wide and it, just it's jumped, it just jumped all over the place. You know, yeah. and I'm like, this this is twice the size and twice the weight of my Glock 42, same caliber, and it's jumping all over the place. Like, what in the world? Yeah. And I picked up a uh, some fairly aggressive grips from Lock Grips in blue, which look beautiful against the black on the on the, the black, handgun. Sure. And that cool. is that's in my carry rotation now. I mean it it changed yeah. the way that shot so much. I mean now it's it sticks in my grip. It doesn't move around. Uh the mm -hmm. weight added to the to the 380, you know, um I mean it's just it's a laser gun. It's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, now, Clover's in there saying uh, he's just here waiting for us to talk about accessory <laughs> for the liver action. I, I, I understand. Um, I got no response out there on that. So, you know, no, crickets. I, I figured crickets probably is what happened. Um, they're probably like I was. There's accessories for lever actions. <laughs> There's a very important accessory, in my opinion, for lever actions. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Like, um, a hammer extension. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Not the first thing would have come to my mind. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. No doubt about it. Mark says, not a fan of irons and CQB. Difficult to keep both eyes open. Red dot, no problem. Uh, but if the brakes are no shake awake on the dot, you better know how to use irons or thumb aim. Um, okay. So I... I I agree with you. I'm I am a red dot guy, um, especially for CQB. I'm a big CQB guy. Uh, most people that know me well know that that that's that's one of my passions. That's one of my I'm not going to say expertise. I'm no I'm no expert, but I'm pretty damn good at CQB. Um, that said, um, if you're not how do I put this. I don't want to sound condescending or sound ash-holish, but um, I guess there's really no way to do this. Unless you're not, unless you're experienced in CQB, chances are most people don't realize um, you're not clearing a house looking through a red dot. If you're, if you're clearing in a CQB manner looking through the red dot, um, you're probably not going to make it out alive. You're looking over the top of the red dot, okay? You're if you're in a CQB situation. To be honest with you, if you do it enough and you're proficient and you and you know your weapon system, um, and and to that extent, you shouldn't need iron sights or a red dot. You should be able to. And you've got it. You should be looking right over the top of that red dot, so you can see your full field of vision, and you should be able to point and aim and hit con and make contact at you know, 10 yards, uh, anything outside of 10 yards, is it probably going to be considered CQB anyways? Let's be honest. Um, if you're inside 10, 15 yards, and once again, you've got experience and you've got, uh, knowledge of your weapon system and you've got it where it needs to be. You shouldn't need an CQB. You shouldn't same thing with being at seven feet with your pistol. You should be able to point and shoot. 
and, and hit silhouette um, to take care of a threat. That's just my opinion. Now, I will say most definitely, if you're going to run something, it needs to be an optic. Um, I would say a red dot is much easier to go CQB than, than flip up sights. But once again, when you're when you're when you're running CQB in, a, in an indoor or you know just a close quarters, but especially in, in a building or whatever, and you're you're going through room to room and you're room clearing, you know you're not looking down that red dot. You're over top of the red dot. That's just me. Um, so, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, shake awake. Um, that EOTech right there on the battle rifle. It never. It, it never. It's not a shake awake. But it never turns off. I'll check it once a month, and eventually the battery's just going to die. Uh, when it dies, I put a new battery in there. It never turns off. I've never turned that that uh, EOTech off in years, years. I just keep it on. When I need to grab it, I want to know it's on there. Like I said, I check. You know, I don't know every few weeks, but not even more than once a month. But uh, every few weeks, make sure I just kind of look in there, make sure it's good to go. If it's off, I put a new battery in. The batteries cost nothing these days. Whether it's like 2032s or whatever they call those little round, they, they cost nothing. Um, so I'll just put in a battery, but I never turn it off because that's not a shake awake. I do love the idea of the shake awakes these days. That's, you know, some of these shake awakes will have 50,000 hours of battery life and they're shake awake where you never have to worry about turning them off. Uh, they're just going to turn off and when you shake them, they turn back on, they, they're good to go. Uh, I think that's one of the very few things that has the, the, the red dot game has come a long way in the last couple of years with the shake awakes. I think that was a huge improvement um, for that, sure. That's that's something everybody needs to keep in mind and they need to keep in the glove box of their truck, in their range bag, whatever mm -hmm. the case may be anyway, it's batteries for what they use. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I keep yeah, some I've got grip of mine also. I've got a couple of, uh, yeah, that's a great idea. I've got a couple of, uh, I got a couple of treasure uh, cons that are, you know, tritium. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. they're the same way. Like they're on all the time. I don't have to, you know, don't have to worry about them. Now, eventually that, that fades. Um, and honestly, I don't know. I need to speak to treasure con. I've never ventured at a show or anything up to them to ask like what happens you know, if I've got a 15, 20 year old, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, cause yeah. one of them, one of them is getting up to that, getting up to that, uh, that age. And what happens when I've got yeah. a 15, 20 year old model and the tritium dies? It can, they, can that be fixed? You know, cause there's nothing 100%. wrong with the site. I don't want to have to trash a freaking Trigicon. No, maybe, no. maybe, somebody, maybe, maybe somebody out there has had experience with that, but I've never asked Trigicon what the, what the process is on that. I don't know if they can send it in and have it recharged or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Should be able to, much as you pay for them. Of course, I got mine, both of mine, really good deal used. So, But they don't know that. Patriot says to ghost just agree with me. Optics are a fad. Negative, devil dog. I will never agree with you. That's <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Um, Mark says uh, he he went went from a Trigicon to a, a Sig Romeo, twenty millimeter, a little smaller, easier over as you said, AAA batteries and shake awake. Um, that's I didn't I didn't realize is the Romeo AAA battery run. 
Now, the ones that I've used aren't. Now, maybe it might be a new Romeo, yeah. Romeo 5 or 6, whatever the newest one is. Um, I've never had one that run on AAA, but that's kind of cool. Um, that's kind of cool that it's AAA battery could run that thing. Um, so I, I didn't know that. I'd be kind of a big red dot for AAAs, though. Romeo 5, there it well, is. Well, he's saying it's a Romeo, a Romeo 5. It's it's not. It's just a normal red dot. Um, but I, I didn't know it was a AAA. Does it say, uh, do you have it up on your website? No, he just answered it? back. He, he just answered back in the chat. Romeo 5 XDR. Oh, XDR. Okay, XDR. So there is a Romeo 5 that is, that's interesting. I did not know they had a AAA run, battery yeah, run. I didn't know that either. That's actually that's cool because I like... I like things that run standard batteries. And the battery in the right? in that one is down. I think it's down underneath the unit. It's the battery is like the battery compartment is almost like in the rail on it. I think Romeo Five XD. If I remember, and I could R. be wrong. Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, let's take a look at images real quick. Mark could definitely tell us. Oh, it, 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 oh. it is. Yeah. It is. It sure is. It's right underneath the tube. Yeah. It just that's screws off. Easy I'll be change. damned. Yeah, that's yeah. really easy to change. Yeah. I'll be damned. I didn't know that. There you go. I learned something new every day. Uh, Adam said that Bucky's sells those the 2032 batteries for 99 cents for a two pack. There you go. Uh, dollar twenty five at uh, yeah dollar twenty five store. It's not uh, the dollar tree anymore. Yes, it's no longer the dollar tree anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they got the two packs for dollar twenty five too. And I think their Sony batteries are actually pretty good batteries. They're not knockoff brand. They're um, yeah. see, we actually have a we have one of the dollar trees and the actual the other store that that actually is still a dollar, and you can get those twenty thirty fives like two of them for a buck, and I think they're yeah. Panasonic's. Yeah, there you go. Those used to be expensive, but so much stuff you use them nowadays that yeah, they're not they're not bad at all. Yeah, Adam says his Vortex Spark uses a AAA battery. He has rechargeable ones. You know that's that's an interesting idea as to uh, rechargeable batteries that you can always, yeah. you know, sure. But I'd always have some alkaline also, uh, just as backup to the backup to the backup. Is what if you're out in the shit and. Uh, you can't find a power source to recharge those batteries or the, the charger breaks. You better have some alkaline batteries just in case, you know. You also uh, have to be very careful with rechargeable batteries. Um, there are some rechargeable lithium batteries out there that mm -hmm. are a different voltage. Um, um, but, and I think, is it double A? Because it seems like they're double A, but I'm not positive. Um, but you will burn something up if you run those in, Interesting. in something that's just supposed to use an alkaline double A battery. They're like five hmm. volts to three volts or something. And yeah, you'll smoke it. Hmm. Ask me how there I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, thankfully it was a good company and they didn't ask any questions and they warranted it and I didn't have to worry about it, but right. Yeah. Buck says he just picked up a Wheeler scope mounting kit. That's always a, that's a great, that's great a good one. Thing to have. Yeah. Uh, Adam up earlier says for a carry gun, his first accessory were night sights. 
Um, I was a big night sight guy until a couple years ago, and I still enjoy them. I still have several of mine, uh, one of my Glocks, the Walthers, um, several of them have night sights on there. Um, but I've become a big fan of the fiber optic sight. Um, but yes, yeah. uh, I would say uh, uh, an aftermarket, either fiber optic or or a night sight for a carry gun or a home defense handgun or whatever are, are most definitely. Uh, what were you going to say, Ro? Go ahead. Well, I, it's funny because I used to be big on the night sights. And then uh, back when I had my FFL, I had one of my uh, feds that fought guns through me. He um, yeah. he actually stopped using night sights, and he was uh, teaching people. And I, I was I was like, why is the whole night sight thing going away? And he goes, well, think about it. If you're at low light and you can't identify mm -hmm. your target anyway, does it really matter where your sights are? So they stopped teaching with night yeah. sights and started teaching with just regular irons. Well, that's what I was going to say is it doesn't matter what kind of sights you got that first mm -hmm. after that first shot if it's low light yeah. <laughs> you ain't gonna see yeah. them anyway no you're yeah. not um yeah i, yeah, I adam I down there adam down there followed yeah. up he, and he does make a good point he says night sights make it easier to see the gun at night on his nightstand now with that i will agree yeah and plus the orientation that, of said, the that said you better have that gun in light a little bit during the day if it stays in a drawer the whole time and you open that drawer up you're screwed because they ain't going to show up so well you know but you know if it's your carry but, gun right and you're and you're if it's your carry gun you're yeah but if it's if it's like truly like a nightstand like in the drawer oh and you've got night sides on it get that get that out in the in the in the light at least a little or, bit you know or um, you can get a uh, a UV, uh, a little UV inside lamp the drawer. And yep. put it inside the drawer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And a UV lamp is not bright, and so uh, if the drawer was closed, it wouldn't it wouldn't bother you. Yeah. Uh, mandatory carry out there. Appreciate you, brother. As always. Uh, Mark says, I think Rogue just shot a lightning bolt. At, at least home defense, a white light on any gun is the best accessory you have. So, um, I am not a fan. I do not like running guns on hand, uh, lights on handguns. Um, not, not, a, I don't like it. I have a couple of them that have lights on it and they are for a specific, um, reason very specific reason that's personal so i will not go into why i have a couple guns with lights on them but they're they have lights for specific circumstances um typically um i have gone to my in home is a nine millimeter pcc and it does have a light on there um for handguns though i i just i i never haven't i never have gotten into the whole light thing on um yeah as far as a white lights now mandatory carries says lights tell the bad guys exactly where to aim nah, here's the thing about lights whether it's on a handgun or your ar or whatever 
Once again, take it in context. You have to know how to utilize them properly. If you're going to run, if you're worried more, if you're worried about having a tactical advantage and not giving your position away, I get that. But there's a way to run a light properly. You're not just going to run around your house with that light on the whole time, shining it and everywhere you go, that light stays on. No, you're going to use that pressure button and you're going to peek around corners. You're going to do different things. Most importantly, you're going to, before you pull that trigger, you're going to identify that, that person as an absolute threat and not someone that's a friendly. Um, but most importantly, understand this. The reason why I'm not a huge fan on in-home defense weapons is especially the thought of this. When do most home invasions occur? At night, correct? So you're sleeping or at least your eyes have become accustomed to the dark because it's dark. The last thing you want to do is go around shining a light everywhere because now your own eyes, yes, it does hurt their eyes and, and a light can be used as a weapon in itself let's be honest if you shine a high lumen light in, 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 a, in, a, in a threat's eyes they're gonna be doing this and that gives you time to get away or pull up whatever you got to do it gives you that split second to do that that said it's gonna screw with your eyes as well and for me people talk about tactical advantage well you know what the best tactical advantage is me and my own home in the dark I know where every single piece of furniture in my house is. I know how to get from point A to point B anywhere in my house with the lights off. That's a tactical advantage. The threats, unless they spend a lot of time in your home, which is scary to think, they don't have the advantage of being able to walk around with no lights on and get by. I can do that in my home. So I'm not going to use that light until it's time to identify. And that's about it. Um. Yeah, I that's just me. Though that's just me. Go ahead. I agree with you. I mean, in the home, yeah, I don't like the idea. I I have an in hand. No, a light outside in a, in a rifle. Yeah, absolutely, light. it's a different it's a different situation yeah. being outside. Yeah, if I'm out, you know, whether it's a, it's a hunting situation or you know, or I'm out, you know, there's a disturbance on the property or something like that. Then in that, then that sense, you know, sense, you know, having something where it's on a handgun or where it's on a a rifle or a shotgun. Uh, it's convenient, right? Because you can, you know, um, it's just you can have one hand free. Uh, you know, whereas, you know, inside the house, when I'm holding a light and holding the handgun at the same time, uh, not necessarily the case. But, you know, the, the, the issue that I've got in, in a home defense thing, and I don't have kids at home anymore, but I've had kids crawl in their windows late at night and I've had weird things, right? They've, Teenagers. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what happens? <laughs> That's all you gotta say. Teenagers, weird things. <laughs> what, you know what happens when you know you hear something? You get up and you maybe you're just flipping the light on to identify. But mm -hmm. if it's a weapons mounted light, you're flagging. You're, you're and, and mm -hmm. so you're talking about getting woken mm -hmm. up in the middle of the night. I get it with firearm safety and with all the all the other things, but you're talking about. You don't know. You're talking about you're getting up in the state of, of whatever it is, right? Because you just woke up. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's not, for me, it's not a good enough combination for me to be pointing a muzzle at somebody. I get it. We got muzzle action yeah. trigger. And even if my finger is not on the trigger, which it wouldn't be, um, he, that's just not enough. I'm not willing to take that risk. Now, that being said, this comes back into CQB uh, training and experience and all of that. If I'm clearing a room, I'm not presented out typically. Okay. Like you can have it in like a low ready, like right here, just maybe like a 45 degree up, up here, but it's, it's pointed down to the ground or up high. You flash, you turn that light on and it flashes the ceiling or the ground. I promise you with the way that these mounted weapon, this weapon mounted lights are, it's going to put enough light in the room that you're going to be able to identify. You don't have to point that light at the actual yeah. threat. Um, so that being said, if you are, if there are people out there worried about that particular scenario that Clover was just talking about, and that is a real thing, uh, you don't want to have to go around flogging people for sure. Um, if you get used to, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, maybe when no one's else is at the home, take the, the magazine out, make sure your weapon is clear, but take your AR, your AR pistol or whatever you're using for that home defense with a light or whatever, Clear your house once a month. Do it when nobody else is there, so you don't have to. And, and make yeah. sure the, the weapon is one hundred percent clear and unloaded. But clear your house once a month. And if you get used to keeping it about right here instead of here, just keeping it right here. That way, you do flash that light. You're not you're not muzzling or flagging, right? Who or whatever you're well, looking you at. You're, you're pointing down at the ground. You can learn absolutely. You can learn reflection um, points, right? And so absolutely hundred percent. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. But I mean, but you know, and then again, in a, in a situation where you have an armed intruder, you know, um, at yeah. the point that you flash the light, you given away your position at that point. And then it's a 100%. Jesse James, Billy, the kid who's faster on the draw to get on target. Right. Situation. So I don't want that either. So, I don't know. I mean, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. I don't think for that. I don't either think. That, I don't think there is either. And, and there's a reason. Like for me, I'm not very big on weapon mounted lights. I have two, um, and I don't carry that. I don't have them on the guns all the time. Most of the time, they're in a jar here in the studio, and it's just for testing, like a holster that somebody sends me. It's like, okay, sure. we want you to test a holster, and I just right. test it. You know, okay, great. Other than that, I, I don't have my, my lights on my guns. Yeah. So um, this is um, my stream light. So this is this is what I consider my truck gun, my home defense gun. A little 9mm AR PCC. I uh, love this thing. Love this thing. But this is, this is what, if someone's in the house... This is what's being utilized. Streamlight, little small little light right there. Um, most definitely have that with the pressure pad. Um, so, you know, not a problem. Um, reason why I'm saying that is, um, let's go back up here. Um, they were talking about. Uh, weapon light should be used sparingly and go to the dark until you have three kids. Now that's a real thing. Um, 
yes, you should know your your house backwards and forwards. But if your kids are one of those that leave skateboards and matchbox cars and different toys on the ground, that that, that could hurt. That could be dangerous. Um, oh, my wife made a, well, my wife was making videos. You remember the videos she made where it was like her home defense? Um, and it was, it was more, it was more like home alone. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was, it was like, it was like the, the first line was the puppy. Uh, mm -hmm. Rest in peace at this point, but you had the uh, little army then, figurines or something like that. It was army it? figures. And then there was yeah. Legos on the floor and it was, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. uh, it, it was pretty interesting. It's like that mm -hmm. would work. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Uh, Mark says, I stand mine having a weapon. Like, no, 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 I, I am not, uh, weapon. Well, I said earlier, you, you'd stepped away to get that. And I'd said earlier, I mean, it's a tough call. Everybody, you know, there's really no right yeah. or wrong answer. You've got to make a call based on your comfort level, your situation, uh, because everybody's going to be different. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I would say, and it all depends. Once again, it all depends on what that particular weapon system is going to be used for. Now, a lot of us are are lucky. I don't know. I mean, we 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 have enough weapons that we could literally dedicate weapons for specific tasks, or uh, because we. But if you only have one or two guns. And that one AR-15 is your everything. It's your plinking machine. It's your truck gun. It's your home defense gun. It's your hunting gun. It's everything. Um, then I understand why some people are going to have every accessory on there if they're going to utilize them throughout some time. If you're putting all the accessories on there to make them look cool and all of that, um, yeah, they do look cool. But I promise you, that seven pound rifle is going to be a hell of a lot easier to, to work with than a 20 pound rifle. Once you've got everything on there and, and mounted to that rifle. Um, that said, I, I do think that there are certain uh, accessories that, you know, let's say there's five or six accessories. That I think that whether you're using it for home defense, self-defense, truck gun, whatever, um, a multi-purpose that everyone needs to have. I think we've, we've covered sights, optics, slings. I'm going to go and say that I do believe a good, now for an AR, a good weapon light is in the top five accessories. Uh, that said, if it's going to be used for self or home defense, if you're going to use it for hunting, that's a whole different issue. Uh, probably not. Um, but I, I think any anything that you're going to have in AR wise that you're going to have for home or self defense, whether you use indoor or outdoor, I, I do. But I don't agree with the average person having IR if a red laser. That doesn't make any damn sense unless you're running night vision nods. You can't see it. Um, I'm not a big fan for myself of a laser in general. Um, if you've got time to turn a laser on, then you've got time that that trigger should have already been pulled. Probably. Uh, now that being said, there are times that a laser could be a deterrent in itself. 
people walking around and they're approaching you and you think, okay, I, I feel threatened. And you point out that laser at them. People know what a laser in a chest means. But the flip side of that is to come back to what Clover was talking about earlier. In order for you to get that laser on someone, you've got to be aiming and pointing that weapon at them. So I'm I'm, I'm not a big fan of lasers in general. Uh, what do you guys think about lasers in general? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of lasers either. Um, I agree with you. If you know, if you get that laser on someone, you should have had you should have had your muzzle on them already, or you already do have your muzzle on them. Um, mm -hmm. that is precious time that you may or may not have. And in a life and death situation, it's, you don't have that time. Uh, yeah. it, plus if you are dealing with, you know, and we're, we're going to deal with multiple intruders at that point, the laser traces back to the gun. If someone else is watching, you know, depending on, you know, if you're outside and there's, you know, steam or fog or whatever. You can trace that laser back to, you know, the person. I would rather have a flashlight, right? I'd rather have a flashlight. I think it's a little more practical. Um, again, lasers can get bounced, you know, get, you know, get smacked around, bounced, knocked out of, out of zero. Um, I think people start worrying about, you know, hey, where I put that laser is where the bullet's going to go. Yeah, it does at a certain distance. Yeah. You know, you need to start understanding what your offsets are of your of your iron sights, plus your optics, plus a laser. It's too many things that you're starting to balance out. So I think, yeah, I think lasers are not practical. I, you know, I, I, I think lasers are, are extremely practical in a military, even a law enforcement yes. sense. When you when you have I, IR and you're running nods, that's the only time yes. that I think lasers. Yeah. I would agree. Um, uh, you can run IR with your nods, and and it's a it's a communication thing. Also, using the IR yes. with night vision, you can identify threats. You can acknowledge, "Hey, I've got this guy here," or "Hey, look over there. Do you see something over there?" Or "Hey, there's our exit. We extract over there." You know, you can use that IR because the only ones that can see that would be the ones with night vision. That yeah. outside of that. I'm not a laser guy. I'm not going to tell anyone they shouldn't go get it. Um, if you want to run a laser, by all means, run that laser, but be proficient with it. Practice with it as well. Uh, someone was saying out there, um, just don't get a $20 um, light for your guns. Um I'm never. I'm never going to tell people that they can't buy a twenty dollars light. Um, that's what you can that's afford. A, that's what you can afford. I'd rather have that than nothing. Uh, what I will tell you is there are a lot of great options out there, that, and everyone knows. And Clover is too. I think Rogue, even you guys, you you are uh, a fan. Uh, I've been running Streamlight stuff yep. for years. Um, I've run Surefire. I've run all of them. And, and I'm not paid by them. I am in no, I'm in no way am I partners with Streamlight. Um, I have worked with them. That doesn't mean that I'm on the take or you're whatever. You're like me. You're a fan. I'm a fan of Streamlight. For the yep. price, there is nothing better 
on the market, more durable, that can do whatever you need it to do than a Streamlight. Uh, this one is the um, TLR RM1. And it actually, I was checking earlier, this actually does have a laser. It's a light laser light combo. Um, probably help if I get the right one. The TLR, um, I've, I've got a video on it, and I'm pretty sure I've got an article on your report on it. Great light. It is a laser light combo. I don't run the laser. Um, you can run laser, laser and light, or just light. I run just light, pretty sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it, sure uh, Streamlight, Surefire, they're all good. But Streamlight for me, um, for the money... As a whole, not saying every single light that Streamlight puts out is awesome. Not saying that. What I will tell you is if you're looking for the best quality, most durable for the value, bang for your buck. It's hard for me to say, go find anything but a Streamlight. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. I mean, for me, I'm hard on everything. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it could be yeah. a range bag. It can be a remote for a TV. I'm just, I'm hard on everything. And mm -hmm. I have yet to have a Streamlight fail on me. And yeah. I beat the crap out of everything. Um, yeah. I like it. Um, and, you know, like, like you said, I, I'll never say don't buy a $20. If that's what you can afford, go get it. If you can afford mm -hmm. something a little better, step up your game maybe you can afford something sure. a little better later awesome upgrade upgrade yeah. your gear 100 percent um mark says where you put the four qd for for the for the sling is that what you're talking about right there now understand this is how i run okay uh, I'm a Magwell guy, okay? Uh, so my sling, and, and if I'm going, I've got it all screwed up right now because it was hanging on a wall. Um, if I'm going to go CQB, I'm going around my neck like so to make it almost like a single point. I'm not, I'm not coming in here going CQB. I'm going around here because now I can, I can change hands. I can do everything I need to do, and it's still right here. So... Um, now, this is the five and a half inch AR pistol, so it's not like it's the biggest thing in the world to begin with. Um, but that's that's my setup for home defense CQB and all that little nine millimeter PCC, uh, Fox truck mic, I believe. Yeah, Fox truck mic, and this one. So, and it's got um, the foldable pistol brace as well, so it can really be put into a backpack if you want. Really good. Really, really, that's a Bushnell, Bushnell optic, Streamlight. Yeah, I love this thing. Really, really love this thing. Uh, sling, in case anyone was wondering. Um, oh, crap. I love this sling, too. It's our buddy. Um, um, Beach and Tactical. Damn, J Jacob over at Beach and Tactical. Had this probably for four or five years really do like this sling as well but yeah um so yeah most lights um above the 100 range price are pretty decent stuff 
There's some lights. My favorite carry light, not a weapon light. Favorite carry light was about 35 bucks from LA Police Gear. And I did a video. I shot it with a shotgun. I drug it behind my vehicle on rocks. Um, literally shot it with a shotgun. And that freaker still runs. On camera. So, um, on camera. Okay. On camera. Um, huh? Yeah, you did a whole video of it, shooting it on camera. Get the foreign painted. Uh, no one. So, green, OD, uh, FDE, OD, green. Green, FDE, green. It's not black. That's that's painted FD, uh, OD, green. So, that's, that's green and FDE. So, it is not. You don't have Your to FDE raise money for me to get my. kind of gray. What's that? I think that's what's. I, the colors are kind of off because your FDE is coming through kind of gray through. Oh, the it could be because I got the weird lighting, yeah. maybe angles, but yep. green, green FDE. So um, that's the, the 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 paint scheme on this one. So yeah, green and yeah, it's coming through black, black, gray, black. Oh, is it okay? Well, yeah, um, yeah, Phoenix. Someone's talking about Phoenix. Those are pretty decent. Um, I'm, I, 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 I saw Olite mentioned, I will say this. I am not a fan of Olite. Um, I will not say that they're bad. I will just say that I think that for the same price, you can find something a lot better. Um, but once again, you got to have to find a brand that you like, that works for you, that works for your budget, that you like. And as long as it's going to work when you need it the most, I don't care what brand it is. I don't care if it's one of the Amazon brands. I don't care. Um, it is what it is. So there we go. Um, yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix does make some good stuff. I'll give you that much. Um, yeah. Um, all right. So we've been going, damn, we're going over two hours and 15 minutes or close to two hours and 15 minutes. Rogue, I'm going to give you a few minutes. Um, I know that you've been busy with life and jobs and all of that. Um, but I will say, I know you've got some podcasts coming up here pretty soon. Uh, tell people where they can find you. What are some of the projects, uh, whether it's with, with shooting, with, uh, you know, video reviews or podcasts, whatever. What are some of the things that they can find over at the Rogue Banshee channel? Yeah. Um, first of all, you can find me at Rogue Banshee. It's uh, on YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. Just look for the Rogue Banshee. And I've got that one uh, pretty much locked up everywhere. Um, yeah, for stuff coming up, um, earlier in the podcast, I was, uh, I was getting the final details for um, the next podcast coming up. Um, on Monday, it'll get released on Monday. We're going to record tomorrow, which it's funny that we spent a lot of time with, uh, talking about suppressors. It is with a suppressor company. Um, it just happened to be a suppressor company that we were talking to at shot. It was ghost, uh, Clover and I were down in the, uh, the cancer club and we didn't know that the guy was basically the the Cabana, the baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's going to be a fun podcast for that. So check that out on Monday. Uh, tomorrow is uh, the Wednesday podcast come back, which is just me bitching about stuff. Uh, it's a podcast less than 10 wrong minutes. With that. Me just bitching about things. And, 
yeah, there's lots of projects. I was filling out my content calendar and I have so much content that it takes me actually through shot. So I had to stop <laughs> agreeing to do other videos. So, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff actually on the walls here uh, that, that'll start getting used. Uh, next year will be a different year. We're going to get back into some of the original stuff that the channel started with. I wanted to do that mm -hmm. this year, but uh, a channel strike hit me, which took the channel down for a week. And um, I fought it, knowing I was going to lose. And it was it was a valid loss. So uh, I did it. So we're, I'm just playing kind of nice right now with YouTube. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check out the channel because there's a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the channel strikes for the most part. Um, very few, in my experience, and Clover has a lot more experience, not necessarily with channel strikes, but with dealing with channel strikes and different uh, aspects <laughs> of YouTube. A couple, couple weeks um, ago, I did. I, I know what I'm saying is, is I mean, that's not your only experience of getting a strike. You, you, you dealt with other people getting strikes, but right. most of the people that I've talked to that have had a channel strike, once they do their research and understand policies and all that, if they're truthful, they'll come back and say, "Yeah, I kind of fucked that one up." Like, yeah, I, 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 I get it. You know, they may not like it, but they'd have to admit, yeah, yeah, I, I can see why. Yeah. And, well, and, and at that point, you just learn from that and, and try not to make that mistake again. You know, and that's the thing is with with my channel, um, you know, my channel started off as a build channel. Uh, yeah, it, it'll. Yeah, it, there'll yeah. be some there'll be some build stuff that come, but it'll be it'll be done correctly. This is an older video that um it wasn't it, it was an 80 percent video um and yeah. and when i got that strike i looked at it and went i'm gonna fight it but i know i'm gonna lose and yeah that video it's borderline but it, i can see where they're gonna where they're gonna do it so i didn't disagree with it um i just yeah. took i just took my one week vacation because that just happened to be the exact same day i read that i read that strike about 5 15 in the morning and at 5.30 in the morning, I found the studio down here flooded. <laughs> so it was just oh, kind of... I forgot the about that. I did yeah. about that. So, um, yeah, so it was a perfect perfect day to a Saturday, you know, perfect start to a Saturday morning. But, yeah, it's it's the thing is I, I, I was going to mm -hmm. fight it, and I knew I was going to lose, and I knew I was in the wrong. And yeah. um, quite frankly, I thought I took the video down like a while ago. And it is what it is. I'm not I'm not pissed. It just, you know, I, I got, I got my, I got my spanking for it and okay, cool. Move on. YouTube has different ways. They can, they can take a video all down, delete, whatever. They have a lot of different things they can do before they give a strike. So it's kind of like the FBI, you know, as much as you may hate the FBI, the FBI isn't going to raid your home with a warrant unless they know they've got your ass. The yeah. U.S. attorney is not going to press charges on you unless he knows he's got your ass. Um, and I'm not defending YouTube by any means, but YouTube's not going to give you a strike. Like, like I said, there's other things they can do prior to giving a strike unless they're pretty sure that you've done something that deserves yeah. a strike. 
That said, they do make mistakes, obviously. Um, yeah. yeah. Mark, I mean, I've, I've had strikes. I've, I've had strikes that I've fought and won. Sure. Um, Absolutely. Like I this, said, they, they're there, but this, chances this one, are, you know. This one was deserved. It was deserved. Yeah. And like I said, I, it was a video that I actually thought I took down. And I did. Yeah. And okay, I got caught. I'm done. I'll play nice for a little bit. Yep. And then um, none of the Take a break for a week and we'll be back. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to deal with some personal issues that week. Yes, you did. Uh, Mark's out there says, take care. Good conversation. No one right way to do things. Thumbs up. Hey, exactly. There is no such thing as the right way. Uh, it's what's right for you and your circumstances, whatever those circumstances may be. That's what this conversation unless, and discussion is about. Unless, unless, you, un, unless you like 40 caliber. Well, then, then there is everyone's wrong in that sense. Right. Yes, I agree. I agree. And yeah. pineapple on pizza. Pineapple on pizza and 40 cal uh, are two arguments you will never win yeah. with me. Yeah. You will never be able to convince me that you're right. So, um, yep. uh, yeah, that's what these conversations and discussions are about is to give our opinions, uh, to give our, uh, I'm not going to call it advice, just give our experiences to people that may be new or newer or not have the experience of certain things. Um, never ever take my word as the gospel because I might be hundred percent full of shit. I'm just saying, uh, but never take anyone's word, whether you're on YouTube or just your buddy, do your own research, do your own testing, do your own practice and training, find out what's best for you. Um, we can give you things that you should look at. We can give you tips. We can give you guidance. Ultimately it's your and your family's life. You're the one that has to make those decisions. So absolutely, 100%. Uh, mandatory carries is if you don't carry 40 and don't insist on pineapple pizza, that's okay. You're just wrong. So, um, you know, that's okay. Um, but you're wrong. <laughs> uh, Clover, I, you don't do anything. Um, and and that's well established. Anymore. That's for sure. That's well established. But if you were to do something through YouTube or social media, what would some of those be? Who have I got this week? Tomorrow is um, Brian with Hunter's HD Gold. Mm. And then who do I have for Thursday? Oh, 280U is Thursday. Okay. So mm. that's, that's this week's podcast for tomorrow and Thursday and then video drop on Friday and Dropped a slow mo video uh, with that uh, Gerson 312. I uh, racked the action and shooting in slow mo mode, which was pretty, which was pretty yeah. neat. And uh, I was like, "Hey, that'll make a cool short." So I dropped that one earlier. But yeah, um, pretty much it, really. I'm going to leave you guys with this question to ponder. Holy shit, two days ago, I saw a pizza with pieces of scrambled egg on it. What the fuck? I thought it was pineapple, but I was wrong. Person who ordered it should be arrested or shot on sight. So my question to ponder on, scrambled eggs on pizza. I think I might be okay with that. Just saying. There, there is such a thing as breakfast pizza, and it's pretty delicious. Yes. So I, I think I'm okay with scrambled eggs on pizza. Just saying. 
it is what it is uh thank you rogue thank you clover for joining thank you for everyone that was out there great conversation uh adam and mark and and all those guys that were making great comments throughout the night fantastic conversation i appreciate each and every one of you um we'll see you next tuesday i'm gonna try to have some piece of uh of media content out on saturday uh, i'm i'm gonna go to the range on thursday clover knows that i've been saying that every week for about the last six weeks i'm actually going to the range on thursday so um i'll be looking forward yeah no rain forecast uh may have some piece of content on saturday hopefully if i can um i'm just gonna get to the range i need to i need to do some t- content out there but honestly i haven't been to the range in about six weeks i need to just i just need to shoot i need to I need to go to the range and and shoot for a lot of different reasons. So uh, I'll probably turn my my camera on and, and we'll figure out something we can do with that content. But I am going to go shoot Thursday. So I'm looking forward to that as well. But thank you guys for watching as always. We'll see you soon. We'll see you next week. Simplify.